Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. John Parsons has secured Great Britain's first medal at this year's Winter Olympics. He won bronze in the men's skeleton. Hooray! We got a we got a medal in the Olympics. Hooray! What's it for? Luge. What does that mean? Oh, skeleton. Why can't they just call it lying on your tummy or lying on your back? What is this luge and skeleton and everything else? Sounds like Skeletor, doesn't it? Sounds like that kind of thing. Anyway, nice to be company. Welcome to Friday. Well done for making it through the week. Well done for being an insomniac. Well done for being somebody who gets up at this time of the morning to go to work. Because it's all good news. Nothing no matter with going to work. You've got to got yourself into a mindset. I'm longing for the day that Gemma Collins actually has to get up and do a day's work because her career has gone belly up. Although in her case, actually belly up could be a vast improvement on where we are at the moment. Because apparently she kicked the last boyfriend out from this dating programme. Why? Because she has a boyfriend. It's all fake. It's fraudulent. You know, it's just rubbish. Nobody gives a toss whether she's got a boyfriend or whether she hasn't. Uh, the Spice Girls want to be on tour. Can you believe that there's no, HG, uh, no HGV job for you? Because you're British. They've had to apologise. That's discrimination. Uh, also, can you believe as well that uh, after we announced the great news that Tom Daly and his husband uh, are going to be having a baby, sick trolls have attacked them. I mean, seriously, there's that thick people in this country that they'll write to a nice, happily married couple who are going to sort of cement their relationship and they're going to have probably the first of many babies, I should imagine, and some sick troll somewhere go, I'm going to kill you. I mean, seriously, that's how thick these people are. I want to put these people on television. You know, pretend they... Do you remember, do you remember the American courts did it? I still can't remember. The American courts did this thing where they, they were trying to catch criminals. So they wrote to them and pretended that they'd won a prize in a lottery so that they'd all turn up. When they turned up, they got arrested. That's what I want to do with these trolls. Pathetic. Really sad, lonely little... Do we have to wave now? Somebody come here. Hi. What bloody television? It's just radio. Somebody waves at you. You come in and go, hi. What for? Well, he said hello once. We just don't do waving in this business. Other people, people misconstrue, don't they, radio? They go, oh, it's all chummy chummy. The hell it is. We all hate each other. Nobody likes anybody. Radio presenters, you have to pretend, oh, great, so coming up next, it's Steve Allen. Whereas really, coming up next with a knife between his shoulder blades, it's Steve Allen. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing, isn't it? Nobody cares about it anymore. It's, a, it's showbiz only in a lovey sort of term. What? Why are you wearing sunglasses? You've not got... Uh, it's. Oh, right. Oh, do you not have an eye patch thing? Oh, right. You put sunglasses on the plane. They must. They all go, he's back again, you know. He's a celebrity. <laughs> I do that once. I'm a tramp in Camden years ago stopped me in the middle of winter, as they're prone to doing. I had my sunglasses on, and he said, oh, celebrity are we? I went, no, conjunctivitis. I thought, okay. And then he looked, he looked a bit crestfallen, because poor old James O'Brien, he's had an operation on his eye. And um, and then yesterday he comes in and he brings his daughter in, very polite, nothing like him at all. In fact, I, I swear to God, she must have come from another family. But anyway, she was very sweet and I, I, I gave her a packet of sweets. And he then said, what have I told you about taking sweets from strangers? So all of a sudden now I'm strange. But anyway, she took them and um, and then he started coughing. And it was that cough that we've all had where you all of a sudden can't, you can't help the cough because you, you sort of go, da, da. <coughs> And I had it, and I ended up taking seven days off. Worst seven days of my life. Worst year for you, I can imagine. But, and so I said to him, you shouldn't be at work. And he said, you're probably right. What do I get later on? A tweet. 
I've decided to take tomorrow off because I'm not very well. Well, I hope it lasts because, you know, mine lasted seven days. And it doesn't get better. And it doesn't matter whether you stop talking. It doesn't matter whether you spray your throat. It's always going to be there. You've just got to, you've got to work through it. It takes, it takes ages. In fact, it got to the bad stage with me. I thought I could make it through a programme. But if you're doing a speech-based programme, you can't do anything about it. If you're just doing music, you can cough in between your music links. You know, here come the <coughs> Beatles. <coughs> and uh, here's... Uh, Shaken Stevens. <coughs> you know, it's, it's, it works like that. Probably get a better audience, I should imagine. But if you're doing a speech-based programme, it's very difficult to do it. And it's so frustrating. I promise you, If the, the, there's nothing else. I mean, I, I could come in here with sort of half an arm dangling off. Wait a minute, I have got half an arm dangling off. You know, but, but having a cough, anything that impedes you doing your job, is the kind of thing that just... If you're a journalist, it's fine, because you can always do it. If you're a producer... Here, you can always do something, you know, you've just got to push buttons. But if you're the presenter and you've got to talk, you know, and it's not like talking for five minutes, you know, I'm doing three hours freewheeling. Well, some of it's scripted, you know, the little bits on the programme, which the producer, sometimes he writes funny things down and I read them. And then again, sometimes the producer will actually write things down and sort of, that doesn't sound right, that didn't even sound believable. And I was only doing this podcast the other day explaining the intricacies of speech radio, which is make it real, make it believable. Because if the audience, that's you listening out there in the dark, you know, you are the people who, if you don't like the sound of somebody or you don't believe what they're saying or you think it's a bit of an act, you go find something else. Luckily, you don't on this programme because we're, we're only saying what everybody else is thinking. So, you know, the very idea that there are trolls out there who would troll Tom Daly... You know, and say things like, we're going to kill your child and this. And you think to yourself, you need hauling in front of the courts. I would be the one to drag you there. Incidentally, good news, good news, good news. I like a bit of good news. Uh, First of all, if you want to stop heart attacks, two yoghurts a week. No trouble. No trouble. I love a yoghurt. I love it. Sometimes I add extra fruit to the uh, to the yogurt uh, also the story about cheryl going to work for the bbc you know on a dance program i better just put you right on that she was filming a pilot they have no intention of transmitting it thank god the broom with two bosoms you know has, has really got no talent in dancing or anything else uh, also the oxfam chief who says he's flesh and blood i'm ashamed no you're not that's why you carried on doing it and uh, the BBC stars facing huge bills for unpaid tax, including one lady who presents a programme called... What do we say it was called? Look North. It's like, look north. And, and she presents that. She's just been presented with a bill for over £400,000. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of other people quaking in their boots because they've opened up certain sorts of company. I can't remember what sort of companies they are. I'll find out in a minute and tell you all about it. Stormy Daniels is set to spill the beans on Trump. Anyway, I've got this story. Um, so, in other words, she's uh, she's got here. She was paid as a freelancer through a, this is this is the line a personal services company. I don't even know what that is, and I'm a self-employed person anyway. So it ruled HMRC has ruled she should have paid the same level of tax as a BBC employee. She's now got to pay back four hundred nineteen thousand pounds one hundred and fifty one. In its ruling, the tax tribunal in Leeds said that while this was not a test case, we understand that the present appeal is one of a number of other appeals involving television presenters and personal service companies. I don't even know what they are. I don't even know what they are. So they're sort of so it's a way of minimising your tax bill. Well, dear Lord above, 
Wouldn't we all want to reduce our tax bill? But I've never heard of a personal services company. Uh, it's an important marker for employees who are using personal service companies as a device to pay much lower tax. The game is up. Well, how much lower was their tax? How much lower was their tax? If she's been asked to pay back 400 and she was earning about 160,000 a year, which is uh, she, she's always got quite a high opinion of herself. So 163 grand. Then she got seven and a half thousand pounds success fee every six months. If the ratings exceeded those of the rival ITV show Calendar which she'd formerly hosted with Richard Whiteley. So viewing figures rose almost immediately, and she got the fee twice a year. When the BBC asked Miss Aykroyd to give up a national newspaper column, they paid her 40 grand plus VAT to do so. Bloody hell. <laughs> she was doing well. She was coining it for, for an auto cutie. You know, you have to just sort of read the things. She claimed tax relief on a Sky subscription... £750 a year for Sky, apparently saying her job required her to know how the Yorkshire County cricket team was doing. Oh, wow. Miss Aykroyd and her husband, Christopher Sutcliffe, were directors and shareholders of the company Christa Aykroyd Media Limited. So they started investigating. And uh, to prove she was not an employee, uh, she also didn't have a desk at the BBC, had no line manager and no entitlement to sick pay, holiday pay or other benefits. Like actually a lot of a lot of us in the uh, business, you know, if, if I go sick, that's I'm self-employed. I'm paid on a daily basis. If I manage to make it through the programme, God willing, you know, that that's when you get paid. And next week is when we do get paid. So, I mean, it, it's very interesting. Her, her, her final contract was for seven years. And the tribunal ruled that it amounted to what was effectively a full-time job. Absolutely. A seven-year... I've never heard of a seven-year contract. I think the most I've ever had is two years. Two-year contract. You know, which would be which would be quite normal when you get to my age, quite normal. And also, you know, if you've been doing something long enough and you've got the figures to prove it, to, you know, a year to two years would be fine. Some people don't want two-year contracts. I'm unfortunately one of those insecure people. <laughs> As I was telling somebody the other day, you know, that you know, I still get amazed when they go, you know, we need to talk about your contract. And you think, oh God, you're interested in me for another year, and uh, the answer is yes. Yes, please, I'll take another contract. And yes, please, um, we'll do it for as long as we can get. I'm not really, I'm not really that bothered about it. I just like to know it's there in, in, in existence. Even though in this business there are lots of get-out clauses. If ever you read it, and I don't think I've ever read a contract in my life, I just trust people. I'm very trusting. And I just sort of take it and they go, we will pay you X amount at the end of each month. And, and this is what will happen. You will turn up at the company in the official regulation gear, which is Lederhosen this week, which we're very pleased about. I love Lederhosen. And I don't mind wearing it. It's just that, you know, when you get to my age, you know, I do look a little bit like something that should have been on Antiques Roadshow some years ago. It just it doesn't, it doesn't really look good. You know, I'm the sort of person that sort of, People are told to avoid on the beach, you know, come away from the nasty man as I lie there in the sand. But then I decided after a while there was no point in me lying on the beach because I look ridiculous. Seriously, I'm, it's just not me. Some people are very good at lying on the beach because they're slim and it's one in you know, flat stomachs and they can see all their bits. You know, I haven't seen all my bits for ages, not even in the shower. You know, there would have to be a mirror on the floor of the shower to see anything at all. I just thought I'd mention that now, just in case you were feeling kindly disposed to me and feeling a little bit sorry for this poor presenter. We were, we were laughing earlier on about um, a letter that sort of came in from somebody sort of saying, um, what were they saying? Oh, they were talking about how much money they thought presenters earned. And uh, it, it was quite funny, really, because I'm, I'm sort of always intrigued by Internet sad trolls with a brain deficiency. And this one was a classic brain deficiency that they sort of came up with a salary, what they thought I was earning, which was so far away from the mark. I felt I felt quite grateful, actually, if that's what they thought I was earning. 
I felt even happier. So you may just have a little slurp of... I know it's coming up. Wait a minute, wait. Oh, so excited. It's Friday. I love Friday. I'm going to the post office today to go and collect a parcel. I told the producer, he said, what is it? And of course I suddenly realised I can't tell him what it is. It's just a it's just a parcel, which makes it sound like a sex toy. But, you know, I promise you, it isn't. You know, if I actually pick up the parcel, it's going... Then we'll, we'll start panicking about it, but I promise you it's not. But I ordered this thing the other... And I thought... And it's not cheap. It's £154, this item. And um, and and I was going to tell him what it was. And I thought, no, it's a total waste of time telling him. There was no point in telling him. But we did two great interviews yesterday. Uh, Ryan Thomas, who was in Coronation Street, now in Neighbours... He's got a really hot storyline in Neighbours. He went over there, filmed for a month. And uh, the lovely, and I always say how lovely she is, Celia Imry, because we go back a few years now, and she was very kind to me and said, I always love coming in to talk to you, Steve. And I always sit there thinking, gosh. I did say to her, actually, I said, if I hadn't had my mum, I'd have uh, have voted for you. She's got a son who's an actor. He's going to be a big star. She's so lovely, Celia Imry. Everything she does, she's lovely in. Sounds like a song, doesn't it, really? But, uh, But she's very good. Desmond... Tutu has quit uh, his role at uh, Oxfam and Alton Towers unveil their latest roller coaster ride, the Gemma Collins. Sorry, no, I'm only joking. No, it's not that. It's called The Wicker Man. And uh, apparently this one um, sounds like a a recipe for disaster. It bursts into flames. I don't know if you've ever seen The Wicker Man. At the very end, they put these people inside The Wicker Man and they set fire to it. I I never saw the film in its entirety. I just remember this setting fire of this. It just looked like one of those freaky films that we used to uh, have as well. Uh, Plus, could 16-year-olds vote at the next election? And uh, Richard Madeley. Every so often, Richard will come up with a little gem. And this is that the Gallagher brothers, he think, robbed him years ago when he used to live up in, I think, Manchester. Uh, Plus, uh, the truth is, money really does buy you happiness. You know, all this garbage about people go, oh, you know, money doesn't buy you happiness. God's wallop. Of course it does. That's the whole idea of winning money. If I won 133 million on the lottery tonight, you think that'd bring me misery? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You could have anybody you wanted. Seriously. I'd be like the best sex symbol in the entire world. You can tell I've got to that age, can't you? That's three times in half an hour. 15, 20 minutes. God. Uh, That I've talked about sex. Which is always a classic example, isn't it, really, of somebody who knows nothing about it. Uh, You know, but I bluff my way through. Uh, Plus, um... No kids couple, Zuban. This is a couple who went to a petting zoo and they got turned away because they didn't have any children with them. And I remember thinking, that's a bit embarrassing, isn't it, when you're made to feel a bit embarrassed about something like that. Plus the Spice Girls wannabe on tour. All of that and the rest coming up between now and 7 o'clock this morning. If you think the first bit's been good, you wait till you're here after the break. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 21 minutes past four. It's Friday. I'm resisting the temptation to stand up, wave my knickers in the air and go, woohoo, Friday. That was a song, incidentally, by St. Cecilia. Hit the charts some years ago. I've started watching. I've started going onto YouTube every morning and finding a song that I like the sound of and then just sort of watching the group singing it on top of the pop. So I was watching the other day, Tight Fit, with... The Lion Sleeps Tonight. And do you remember we did a thing on the programme a while ago? Because it turns out that the bloke in Tight Fit, I think he's going blind. And, and I was looking at it thinking, oh, gosh, if, you know, if you'd known then what was happening now, I think his name was Steve. Steve rings a bell. And um, 
And if, if you'd known then, a really good-looking guy, and you think, it's so unfair, isn't it, that something happens. And they got to, I think in 1982, they got to number one, because it was a cover. The Lion Sleeps Tonight was, I think, done originally by The Token. Steve Grant was the, uh, was the guy. And uh, they've had other members of the group. Mainly, uh, I think there have been three different, three different blokes. But it was, it was Steve that I always remember, actually. And... Um, and I think here, I mean, he's, he's still, I think they go out, I think they go out singing, actually. I'm pretty certain. We can't click on it, can we? A bit annoying, really. But uh, they have an album, which I went out and bought, called Together, uh, in 2015, uh, on Almighty Records, their first album, in 34 years. And, uh, and it stated that Steve Grant, Denise Gingell and Julie Harris hold the trademark to the name Tight Fit in uh, relation to the thing. But I'm sure... That um, that was something the matter with him. I'm sure. I'm sure that he was uh, that he was he was not well in something. I'm sure that there was something, something about him. But uh, I thought they were great. So um, tight fit resurfaced. This is Feb. Yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, he does look good. He touched seriously when you consider how how long it is. They went to uh, to Stockport. Uh, to do something, and so I was never sure whether or not he was actually singing, or whether it was uh, just one of those things. But they they gig regularly around the UK. He's now lost most of his sight, and uh, and you think to yourself, such a shame, such a shame. But uh, anyway, they're still going, which is good news. He apparently was in Miss Saigon in the West End because he would have looked good in Miss Saigon. He would have looked good in Miss Saigon. Uh, text and emails on the program this morning says uh, you're you're wrong about Cheryl having no dance talent. Apparently she was an excellent ballet dancer as a child and has several trophies, says Paula. Darling, everybody who was a child was a ballet dancer. OK, everybody. Uh, Cheryl, of course, was interested in dancing. I mean, she began sequence dancing at four and then she joined the Royal Ballet Summer School at the age of nine. But, uh, you know, that's, but they all did that. Lots and lots of kids did ballet school. doesn't mean they're experts on how to discuss ballet. It just means they were little dancers, OK? And, um... Da, 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 da. Took your advice, got some coconut water. Love the taste. Hate the people continually throwing wooden balls at me and demanding a goldfish, says Simon. Do you know, strangely enough, I brought some coconut water in today. Isn't that funny? I had it at the boot of the car, and it's nicely chilled. And, um... And the one that I like is this Vita Coco one. There's, quite, there's probably loads of them out there, but this is never from Concentrate, which I'm all a fan of. But I like drinking coconut water. Don't drink it all the time, but I, I do like it occasionally. Uh, Martin, our magician friend, uh, on his way home from... Uh, he's, he does Tramp in Mayfair. <laughs> probably a joke there somewhere. And uh, he says, you are the man. Actually, strangely enough, my parcel is coming from a magical outlet. That's all I'll say. My parcel that I'm that I have to go and collect from the post office too big, as you can imagine, to go through the letter. And it's 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 an effect that uh, you'll probably be aware of, but I don't want, I don't want to say anything on air. But I've I'd always wanted one ever since years and years ago. I saw Paul Daniels doing it on his show, and I remember thinking, oh, I'd love to buy that. And it's, it's never actually come up. I tell you what, I'm after. If ever you hear Martin, here we go. This is where I'm going to appeal for something. If ever you hear of anybody who's got Firefly that they don't want anymore. Uh, which was made by Rocco, I believe. They don't make it anymore. And so I put an advert on Magic Week saying I'm looking for this effect called Firefly. And um, 
I can't really describe what it is. Magicians will know exactly what it is. And I was, I was so desperate to, uh, to get it. But I haven't been successful at all. Even though I, I should stick a notice down at the, uh, at the circle, I think, going, I really want Firefly. But uh, I haven't got it. So if you hear of anybody who's, who's actually got one, let me know, please. Uh, tuned in from India, says Ryan. Currently on a bus from uh, somewhere to Bangalore. Lucky to have your show to keep me company on the three-hour journey. And happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday to you. I wonder what time it is over there. Must be nice if you're on a bus. Mind you, the heat would be a bit stifling, wouldn't it? A little bit stifling on the heat, but uh, which is something I don't do. I just, I just can't get on with it. And yet, strangely enough, when I was a child, we grew up in hot countries. Grew up in Egypt, grew up in Hong Kong, you know, and spent all this time over there. And yet, I still cannot cope with it. Prickly heat we used to get. I spent my life bathed in calamine lotion and stuff like that. Uh, the fake interior designer who has been jailed... Uh, Stormy Daniels is going to spill the beans on Donald Trump. And, you know, Stormy Daniels is the porno star uh, who claims that uh, things happen. They've said there's not, but she was paid money. She was paid quite a bit of money, presumably to keep her silence. And uh, so she's going to be selling her... Oh, we have to wave again. Okay, wait, wave, wave. Everybody wave in the studio. Wave. He's leaving. He's leaving. (laughs) As we do sort of... What do they call that? What do they call that? Mexican wave. Perhaps we do a, you can't really do a Mexican wave by yourself. It looks a bit sad. And st- Yeah, all right, you've pushed it now. Go home. Um, <laughs> could 16-year-old vote at the next election? I do hope not. And also the convicted drunk driver who was too drunk for the breath test. They had a bloke on the telly the other day, and I'm afraid I laughed. Uh, I shouldn't have laughed, really, but it, uh, there was nothing that could stop me laughing. And he was a young man. He'd just passed his driving test three weeks before... And he bought a car. As most kids do, they buy a car because somebody goes, you can have this for 300 quid or whatever, and they buy it. They don't have it checked over. Nine out of ten times, it has no MOT. They don't have the insurance. They just think you get out there and drive on the road. Anyway, on this particular evening, he gets in the car and off he goes driving. Unfortunately, he's had a few sherbets. The police pull him over because he's got a faulty backlight. And he starts going, oh, I just bought the car. And he sobs his way all the way through to the... And then he starts telling them what's the matter with the car. There's no handbrake. The, uh, the brake lights are not working at the moment. The steering's a bit, uh, a bit shot through and all the rest of it. And so the police are making mental note. I mean, they, they're going to have this bloke banged to rights. He was only young. And, uh, and they breath tested him at the side of the road. And he was, he was quite high. When they get back to the station, sometimes people have sobered up enough to knock them under the limit. And I think the limit is 35. And he, he was blowing 79. So he was, he was sort of twice what he should have been, and then we got the tears, and then he suddenly realised the enormity of what he'd done. I think he thought he would just be fined, and then he said, I just want to go home. And they said, well, you're not going home, you're going to spend the night in the cells. And, and he said, what happens now? And they said, uh, well, you'll be in court uh, next week. He said, in court? I think he thought it was just going to be a fine. And they went, no, Thursday you'll be in court on drink driving charges. And as one of the coppers said afterwards... He said, if there's one thing that really annoys me, he said, it's people who treat drink driving very lightly. You know, whereas Wayne Rooney, that drunk who got behind the wheel, a danger, all he got was, like, go and paint some park benches. I'd have had him in prison. Seriously. There should be no excuse for drink driving. And he was three times over the limit. And this bloke's going, in court. It was, it was almost like he was repeating it. And, you know, when he went, the police said, you know, we don't have any sympathy for him at all. He's, he's a drink driver. And also, he's a young drink driver. It's one thing you should learn is you don't get in the car when you've had a drink. I mean, I don't, don't quite know, you know, what people don't understand about it. I mean, Kirsty Gallagher, 
uh, as well, a two-year ban, and got to go and work in a charity shop. I'm sorry, should have been prison. Should have been prison. This was 10 o'clock in the morning for her, wasn't it? It was something phenomenally early. I don't care what somebody does, how wonderful they are, how much I like them. If you get behind the wheel of a car when you're... (laughs) then as far as I'm concerned, you go to prison. You pay the consequences. We're just a mamby-pamby country. You could kill people here, and they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't do anything about it. No, that's all she got. A two-year ban. But the majority of the people they ban, you think they carry on driving? Of course they do. Of course they do. This bloke was going, in court? Yes, you're going to be in court. And, of course, if you're in court, you're going to be in the newspapers. And they'll be standing outside. There are court reporters. They've been making a mental note. You know, ridiculous. Uh, Steve, seen the original Wicker Man with Edward Wood, 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 and Christopher Lee. Great British cult film, always shown on television. I've not seen all of it, it just doesn't interest me. Really doesn't, I don't know why. Couldn't care less. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning everybody, 26 minutes to five. You well? Good, I hope so. Couldn't agree with you more about drink driving. No excuses, says Gat. No, there is no excuse. There is absolutely, there is nothing that you could say. Oh, I was going home because my dad was dying or my mum was... No excuse... Absolutely no excuse to get in a car when you've had a few drinks. You know, it's just, it's, if you, I mean, all he kept saying was, oh, I, at least I didn't hurt anybody. And, and the police officer said, no, you didn't. He said, at least I didn't hurt you. He said, no, you didn't. But the trouble is, he could have done. He could have killed somebody. And then he'd be up on a manslaughter charge. So, uh, very lucky. Uh, 84850, uh, Martin uh, says... Do pray, tell, uh, do pray tell with a clue as to the magic package awaiting you. I'll just tell you it involves two cubes and a ribbon. Two cubes and a ribbon. That's all it is. And um, he says, uh, Firefly, I remember when it came out. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you hear of anybody who's got one, I can't... Fa- Sorry, I'm, I'm doing my own private conversation here. I've tr- I tried finding it. You know, I've written to Rocco and that didn't have any joy. I thought maybe he had some old stock or something. Because I've got loads of extra bits to add on to it it's just i need the the main bit that powers but uh, as i say trying to find things you probably find somebody's got loads of the blooming things sitting in a cupboard somewhere uh, and i don't have a john kennedy mystery box but uh, i know loads of people have i've got all sorts of things i'm a, i'm a terrible buyer i've got you know so many things that that i buy over the years i've bought all sorts my my favorite thing that i bought years ago as a, as a magical effect was um, a mirror which is in a in a, a case and you take it out and show, show the mirror and you put it back in the case again and then you take um, a silk and you rub it into the middle of the mirror and it vanishes it vanishes and and I could even amuse myself doing this <laughs> I have sort of to watch it I think that's really clever actually and and I quite like that I like things like that I, I've got a lot of Anverdi stuff as well, which I've collected over the years, which is good. Steve, uh, we've moved to the Witterings by the sea from Sutton. Thank the Lord for the LBC app. I can still get my doses of Alan and O'Brien, says Shane, the seaside train. Well, not O'Brien today. He's not well. And and I'm hoping that he's not got what I had, because if he has, he's not going to be better on Monday. It generally goes for uh, for a week and a bit. Sorry? Majid's here today. Majid's here today. Please give the Wicker Man another chance, says Richard. It just doesn't interest me. I, w- I was never into those British cult films, uh, but I, I like some of the American cult films. Uh, cult films. The reason I liked um, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls is because it was uh, a sort of a Russ Mayer film. There's Valley of the Dolls, which was Susan Watsitt's book, and, uh, and that I liked about Neely O'Hara, an opera singer or a singer in musicals. That was a great, great book, great book. 
but beyond the Valley of the Dolls was a real... I saw it at the cinema. Whew, God, it was very freaky. Very freaky. Steve, I searched Google, fine, found Firefly Magic. Uh, trick or lights avail on Argos or Amazon over 20 results in other sites. No, it's not what I'm after, Tony. I'm sorry. Mine's far more specialist than that. I wish, I wish it was that simple, because believe you me, I'd have, uh, I'd have been there straight away. Only magicians would know what this, uh, what this was. And uh, it's lovely. Uh, I love the story in the paper today of the naval officer. He's out there driving his uh, billion-pound nuclear submarine. Poodle, 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 smash. He crashes into a ship because he just didn't see it. How can you not see it? He's in a billion-pound nuclear submarine and he misses the ship. I love it. I love it. Uh, is literacy... The key to a child's life expectancy. Medicinal cannabis does more harm than good. The FBI in the dock after ignoring the Florida gunman's threat. He just went from classroom to classroom shooting people. And then uh, it was the, um, the loose women who sort of kind of alluded to a joke about guns in America without realising. They then had to apologise. Andrea Mawatsitface had to apologise. I mean, you would have thought, really, that Colleen, who kind of instigated this thing and then they laughed, uh, would have actually had more brain capacity, but obviously not, and so made light. Not of this particular instance in Florida, but they talked about the guest that they had on the programme, who was... Uh, was he Matt Terry? Yeah, and, uh, and he'd had a problem with the gun incident, and so she'd sort of joked about it, perhaps forgetting that we just had this huge story in Florida of a teenage gunman who was quite clearly mentally sick, who went out there from classroom to classroom shooting people indiscriminately because he was expelled, because he was mentally ill, and he'd also assaulted a girlfriend. You know, he was, he was the accident waiting to happen. They were well aware of him. They just weren't aware that he was actually capable of getting a gun and going back in there and killing people. I mean, I just don't... <sighs> Stranger things in heaven and earth. Stranger things. Uh, also, relief from, uh, from Roadworks, the utility firms, to be billed for digging up the streets. Every day they go over two and a half thousand quid. Why would they worry? They're making millions out of it. Uh, plus, how did Barry Bunnell get away with his crimes for so long? He did. I watched a documentary, half a documentary last night on television about... Uh, was it this morning? Probably this morning. Um, about uh, the boys who he took away, uh, some who spent overnights at his uh, place, and nobody said anything. And yet some of the football clubs knew exactly what was going on. How can you not know unless you're blind? They knew about it, you know, and, and they're now questioning... You know, people who ended up taking their own lives. Was that as a result of Barry Bunnell? Because they're not here, you don't know. And uh, they had one, one man who had had mental issues by the sound of it for quite some time. Whether it was exacerbated by what had happened to him with Barry Bunnell, I don't know. Either way, um, Barry Bunnell will die in prison. But that doesn't, doesn't make it any easier, does it, for people? Uh, also, disabled parking badges. You know, me and disabled parking badges. Woo! The amount of people who are fraudulently using them. You know why? Because they're nicked. 42% in two years, an increase of, uh, of nicked disabled. People break into a car, steal the disabled badge, and they drive around. Nobody ever checks it. If you see a car by the side of the road with a disabled badge sitting on the flat windscreen, you don't do anything about it. You don't look at it and go, I wonder if that's the person that you don't know. And also, wherever the badge is nicked, they use it in another, another area. There are certain areas where, you know, there are blue badges all over the place. They can't all be, uh, be, uh, be disabled. And it turns out, well, in Kingston especially, Kingston down the road from me, this whole road practically full of disabled badges. It's all full of restaurants. And it's the owners of the restaurants who've got these disabled badges. It's their parents' badge. 
But, of course, the person who's, whose badge it is is supposed to be in the vehicle. Supposed to be in the vehicle, but uh, not ever. Uh, spaghetti Westerns were good, says Dallas. Best films ever made, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Do, 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 do. I was never into Westerns, actually. Pew, pew, pew. It just didn't, just didn't uh, float my boat. I like the ones with, with the Indians in. I thought that was quite good, and bison and buffalo and stuff like that. But I was, I was never into cowboy. Get off your horse and drink your milk. I just never, it just never, never did it for me at all. But you know, it's okay. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, we'll go through some of the uh, the papers in a in a moment and see if we can uh, find something this morning that might actually amuse you. Très amusément. Probably, or not, as the case may be. What do we have today? Uh, the Sun. Oh, here we go. We're still dragging out uh, Paddy McGuinness and his wife. She's out with her photographer. Sorry, with, uh, with somebody she's never met before in her entire life. Taking a picture. And also, can you hold the hand so we can see that the ring is still there? Thank you. Apprentice Winners Firm hires stripper to treat executive. This is a, a roly-poly stripper. And uh, good news. Good news. If you want to buy... A little bit of David Beckham. He's for sale. His uh, his aftershave line's being flogged in Poundland. Um, they've knocked 20 quid off the price. So for £2, you can pick up Respect deodorant spray and shower gel as part of a combo gift set. A bottle of Signature retails in other stores for about 26 quid. Poundland, five quid. So uh, the Beckhams, as trash as ever. As trash as ever. Amazing. And uh, Dave... Married to Vic, launched his own line of perfume. I mean, to be honest with you, I think you've all gone beyond that stage, haven't you? Only, you know, people who are a bit simple are going to be going out buying something like that. If you're, if you're a bloke and you want to buy an aftershave and they've got David Beckham's aftershave at 26 quid and that's the full retail price, you're not going to go within a mile of it if you know anything about your aftershaves. You're going to go for the Eau Sauvage, the Vetiver. You're going to go for Dolce & Gabbana. You're going to go for Boss. You're going to go for Dunhill. You're going to go for Creed. All of these aftershaves, anything from... Or Estee Lauder. You're going to go from about uh, £50 up to £300. And in excess of uh, £300. So, you know, the fact that poor old uh, Dave's is on sale at Poundland, it's slightly disturbing, really. It's not looking promising, is it? But I'm assuming, presumably they're just getting rid of uh, stock. Here's a picture of the roly-poly stripper, but her family are going to be pleased. Oh, my God, that's what Granny does. Yep, she strips. A couple of hundred quid, you can get it. Probably less than a couple of hundred quid, so she won't be very excited to be in the paper. Turf me out. Wife boots Teddy Paddy from home. They've, uh, they've agreed to have a little... A little bit of a separation uh, whilst he's filming down in London and uh, having a little meeting with the old Appleton girl. Know what I'm saying? It's like trusting Kieran Haler, isn't it? OK, we're going to put you in a room with some, uh, some, with some women, Kieran. You mustn't touch them, OK? OK. <laughs> the same for poor old Paddy McGuinness. So she's turfing him out uh, as she ponders if they have a future. What do you mean if you ponder what they have a future? What, what, what sort of pondering do you need to do, darling? What sort of pondering do you need to do? Do please tell me. But there again, nothing to do with us, is it? Nothing to do with us at all, so it doesn't really matter. Why are the right-on celebs silent over the Oxfam sex scandal? As I say the other day, get off the bus down at Waterloo, and the chuggers are out there. They're just having their little team meeting. Get as many suckers as you can. And, um, and what have they got on their uniforms? Oxfam. I wanted to go up to one of them and go, not a cat in Hades chance, mate. Really, unless people are really dim. Definitely not. Lawrence says, Valley of the Dolls was Jacqueline Suzanne. Yeah, she died of cancer. She wrote a number of books. Uh, not Tonight, Josephine. Josephine. 
uh, and uh, what else? the Beauty Queen, which was based actually on that vile woman in America who um, uh, she was the orange juice queen. And uh, she decided that because she was religious, it would be kill a queer for Christ. That was what her slogan was. Anita somebody, Bryant, something like that. Anyway, and, um, and it, people retaliated against her and her business collapsed uh, because she was vile. She was a piece of filth. Uh, but Jacqueline Suzanne wrote this book. She also wrote the book uh, which was loosely based on uh, the Kennedy assassination. It was a story of a woman who uh, had married the president. She came from a, a family, but they, they, they basically kept her very poor. That would be the Kennedys. Tight as anything. They squeak. And old Ma Kennedy was there looking after the family as the matriarch. And then she marries the president. The president gets assassinated. And people think she's filthy rich, like people think or thought Jacqueline Kennedy was rich. Beyond belief, she wasn't. She was poor as a church mouse. Until luckily, along came little short, unattractive, but multi-multi-billionaire Aristotle Onassis. Aristotle Onassis, who was a Greek shipping magnet. And he married her. And it was the society wedding. Unfortunately, uh, Aristotle Onassis was having an affair. And uh, I think with Maria Callas. I think it was something like that. Uh, but of course... The Kennedy woman knew nothing about it. So on the wedding night, waiting there for a little, little ugly man to pop into the bedroom, thinking, oh, God, get it over and done with. And, uh, and he said, no, I'm just going off to see my mistress. I, just, I bought you for the status. I married you for status, which was, uh, which was very interesting. Very interesting. It's a very good story. But she did it as, again, it, marrying a, a Greek shipping magnet. And on the wedding night, he said, no, I'm going to see my mistress, dear. You know, you'll have everything you want. All the diamonds, all the jewels, all the houses, all the cars, all the planes, whatever you want, you can have. But uh, the sex side, I get elsewhere. Uh, Neil says, enjoyed your Welsh podcast. I hope you're good. Yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? It was very, very good. I've not heard it, actually. I did it, but I've not heard it. Because we did have this discussion about whether or not I'd ever heard any of my programmes. And I said, no, I've never heard any of my own programmes. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, was the author Kitty Kelly, says Sasha. No, Kitty Kelly did a, a book on Nancy Reagan. She did one on uh, Frank Sinatra as well. She was... And on the, the Royals, yeah. But she, it, it was her, her book on Nancy Reagan, which proved that Nancy thieving old bag Reagan had, uh, had a foundation. In America, it was a lot easier to do. And they just took in loads of money and she never gave anything away until the press leapt on it. And all of a sudden they started having to give money away. Sad, isn't it, really? Uh, film remake, Mad, Sad and the Extremely Ugly. Katie Price, Lydia Dim and the GC. Yes, poor old Lydia Dim. Apparently she is prepared to go back with Arge, which is lovely, isn't it? Whereas uh, the GC has got a crim boyfriend and Katie Price doesn't really have anybody. Not anybody at all. I mean, you know, nobody's interested. Even Peter, teeny tiny Andre, he's not interested in her. Uh, Alex Reed definitely's not interested in her. Uh, Leandro Penner really can't stand her anymore. Kieran Haler has to go and sleep with the nanny and uh, because he's not interested. Who is interested in her? The answer is nobody apart from the Loose Women panel. But as I say, you can't put her on there. She's, uh, she doesn't really know what she's talking about half the time. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Eight minutes to five. Friday, this is where happiness begins. Uh, from Phil, he says, Tom and his partner seem a nice couple. If you think of the people on the Jeremy Kyle show who procreate for benefits, I know who I would put children with. The funny thing is, Phil, that uh, people have written, you know, internet trolls, sad, lonely, desperate people, 
uh, criticising them for having children. Uh, they're going, you know, why would you want to put a child with a gay couple? Where do they think gay people come from? Straight couples. Straight couples. I don't think I've ever heard of, of any gay children coming from gay couples. Straight. You don't. You can't make somebody gay or make somebody straight. You're either gay or you're straight or bisexual or trans or whatever it happens to be or pansexual. I've lost track of how many things there are nowadays. But that's what happens when, um, you know, gay people arrive in the world. They've come from a straight couple because they were gay because of their, their gene makeup and their X and Y chromosomes and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the, the idea that, you know, a gay couple have a child and it's going to be gay is hilarious. Are you only saying it's going to be gay... I'm addressing this particularly to these sad internet trolls who are a bit thick. Are you saying if, if it's a girl, she's going to turn lesbian with two gay men? Or if it's a boy, he's going to be a, a, a gay person? <laughs> I don't know why people ever think that. Unless you really are devoid of any brains whatsoever. Desmond Tutu quits uh, Oxfam. He's decided he doesn't want to be involved with it. Is it going to change Oxfam? I think it might do. I think it might. Um, and also, what was the other one? I was sort of, I was quite interested. Oh, the Haiti prostitute. In one of the papers today, even though it's illegal, of course, there are prostitutes there. She claims that the Oxfam boss slept with her when she was 16. 16. So, you know, there are lies, lies, and then there's charity lies, which turn out to be uh, completely different. Uh, housework is as dangerous as cigarettes for women. For women. I was talking to a, a woman before the show, and she said, why do people assume that it's only women who do housework? I said, I've got no idea. I've got no idea. Anyway, back to Hoover, I said to her. And, uh, and off, she, off she went. Um, the, the HGV job, uh, this bloke was turned down because he's British. They said they didn't, uh, didn't have, they didn't want it to go to a British person which, of course, is blatant discrimination. Alan Carr is apparently doing a big night for his comedy hero. Apparently, it's Les Dawson. That's after being approached by Les's ever-so-classy daughter, Charlotte. What? Good old Charlotte Dawson. Yes, the woman who sort of, you know, took down any credibility that poor Les Dawson would have had. Such a great shame. I'm sure he'd be absolutely thrilled not. Uh, plus, oh, this BBC story is so interesting because... There's implications here for about another hundred people who've got these sort of companies at the BBC, but they're they're basically staff, but they're not paid as staff. And it appears, if you believe it, that the BBC said, "Oh, you need to set up this, and then um, that's that's how it will work. It'll be fine." Uh, also, lovely picture of the paper today of uh, little Jess Wright. She used to be Jessica Wright, but then she's now getting on so old. She's 32 now, and she's managed to find a boyfriend, mainly because she's had nothing to say. She was about the dullest person on TOWIE. They got rid of her off that, I think, ages and ages ago, but she's still having to pose in her underwear. It's a great shame. The hair looks like it's shot through. They must be old pictures. They can't be recent. She's going out with some dancer called Panici, which is lovely, so we're happy about that. It's good. She's found somebody, and she's going to milk it for all she can. Uh, also, that other woman, Turner, you know the one who, who was on the Bake Off, Candice Brown? I thought she said she was quitting the business. Or was it the business quitting her? Difficult to tell, really. But uh, the BBC stars, ex-regional TV host Krista Aykroyd, was this week told to pay £420,000 in unpaid taxes. Well, I don't know about uh, the rest of the BBC. I don't know how many people have got that sort of money. But uh, it's the first in a string of appeals involving BBC stars. No, she's just a newsreader. She, she reads Autocue fighting big demands by the taxman. Uh, they think that people have set up these personal service companies. So it's not 
setting up a limited company. It's a personal services company. And I'm assuming you sell the services of the person to the BBC who pay you, and then it goes in. And presumably, I'm only, I'm only guessing this bit, it's done so that you can reduce your tax bill. Otherwise, why would you set something up? So, otherwise, you might as well just have it paid into your account. And so that's why HMRC are arguing that this is, you should be paying exactly the same tax as somebody who is a staff person. So in other words, really, you might as well be a staff person because they obviously think that you are, even though most people be on a contract. She was on a seven-year. Well, that's staff. Surely seven years? That sounds a little bit odd, isn't it? I mean, here, technically, and with lots and lots of other radio stations, probably thousands of us around the country, we are paid uh, on a freelance basis. You know, we pay our own national insurance stamp, we pay our own tax, and we don't get holiday benefits, we don't get sickness, we don't get anything like that at all. And at the end of each year, or six months, or however long your contract is, you're technically unemployed, unless they decide that they want to give you another contract. But you can't just give somebody a seven-year contract. That would be... I've never heard of that before. Never heard of it. Uh, Naomi Campbell and Grime star Skepta uh, didn't stick around long at the NME Awards. God knows what she was doing there in the first place. I've got no idea. I mean, what's she got to do with music? Absolutely nothing. Uh, a couple who say they were made to feel like paedophiles after being booted out of a petting farm for not having children. Fiona Offord and her 68-year-old husband, Tom, were told they were not welcome at the family attraction after they bought two £13.50 adult tickets. This is Marsh Animal Farm Adventure Park in South Woodham. Ferrers in Essex. The cinema managers said being ordered out was just humiliating. The farm apologised, but said its rules were on its website, as part of our safeguarding policy, we do not permit adults only admission. I've heard of this before, adults must be accompanied by a child, or child must be accompanied by an adult. But, I mean, a bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? A bit embarrassing for them, that you can't go in there and pet animals. Why? Because they think you're a danger to children. Well, they don't, because they're not allowed to say that. They just have to be extremely careful and go, well, this is really for children. Well, then just have a children petting farm and don't allow adults in. Makes it much, much easier, doesn't it? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, 86 more victims of uh, the football coach Barry Bennell. It just seems to have gone through. I mean, just he was operating quite easily, quite easily. Also, a boy of 17 stabbed to death in the street after being deliberately hit by a car. He's a music and media student. His name is uh, Promise Nakenda. Repeatedly knifed in a targeted attack. Good God. Locals said he was hit by a BMW on a main road, then chased for half a mile by knife-wielding attackers. A pal said he got run over and then he got stabbed five times. This is Canning Town in East London. Promised his sister, Maloudi, uh, who's 34, said at his home in North Woolwich, we're heartbroken. I mean... There's got to be something more to it than that, hasn't there? Somebody gets chased down a street. He's the third teenager to be stabbed to death in the capital this year. She said her brother had a bubbly and friendly personality. There's got to be more to it, dear. There's got to be. I mean, I don't want to be sort of rude about it. But some, if somebody's knocked over by a car deliberately and then chased down a street and then knifed, this sounds like a gang fight, doesn't it? That's what it sounds like to me. Coming up very shortly, the news at five o'clock this morning. The Oxfam chief who says, I'm just flesh and blood. I'm ashamed. Of course you are. Could 16-year-olds vote at the next election? Medicinal cannabis does more harm than good. The FBI in the dock after ignoring Florida gunman's threat. He said he was going to do this ages ago. And they just totally ignored it. 17 people dead. 
loose women had to apologise. They sort of alluded to shootings and thought it was a little bit funny. Not titling this particular shooting, but, I mean, it was just very... They had to do a public apology. And uh, convicted, the drunk driver, too drunk for the breath test. Good God, how drunk do you have to be, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. From Global's newsroom for LBC, I'm Simon Conway. Everybody sounds a bit sniffy round here this morning, don't they? Thank goodness it's Friday. Thank goodness we've got to the end of the week, because after James O'Brien yesterday started coughing, and I was thinking to myself, oh, dear, this isn't, this isn't sounding promising. And he, was, he wasn't just doing a cough every sort of five minutes. This was occurring about every minute. And I said, you're not going to get through the programme. And I was right, and I was right. Good morning to Jonathan Shallot, who's up nice, bright and bushy-tailed this morning. Four minutes past five. Good God, you are up early, aren't you? I love it when people get up early. I just think there's so much more you can get into the day. There's so much more that you can you can sort of get round to. And also, this is the best time, isn't it? Because there's no distractions. There's nothing that's going to put people off. You just sort of get on with it, which is quite nice. Uh, on the show today, housework is as dangerous as cigarettes. The love cheat caught out by a speeding con. The bigamist, who's just been jailed because he claimed he was terminally ill, but in fact he was meeting his mistress which wasn't so good. Uh, Medicinal cannabis does more harm than good. Desmond Tutu's quit his Oxfam role. Colleen, what's her face, footballer. Uh, She's had a baby. So they printed pictures of it, which is good. Uh, Have you ever signed on, Steve, says Jim. I think not. I think not, no. I did try once to sign on, strangely enough. I did try to sign on a long, 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 long time ago. And I walked into the... Social Security Office or whatever it was at that time. And I looked at the people in there and I thought, I'd rather not bother. So I walked out again. And so I've never claimed benefits in my life. So I was I was working straight out of school at 15. 15 years old, I was out working. And I basically worked ever since. Why, why not? Why not? As anybody will tell you in the business, you know, you work at it because that's what you love doing and somebody pays you money for it. And so from the age of 15, I've worked. I've worked in shops, I've worked in uh, pubs, in bars, done loads of things. I've had little periods of unemployment, but nothing, nothing major. Nothing, you know, just literally worked non-stop straight out of school at the age of 15, which is good. Richard Maidley was on the telly, I think it was the other day. He was talking about the fact that uh, he was burgled by the Gallagher brothers. And I think it's an old story that goes back. They can't remember if they did. And he can't remember if it was them anyway, but he said when they all lived up in the same area, they were sort of around that, uh, that kind of sort of uh, road. And, and they, they did admit that they would break into people's houses. Not so good. Uh, also, there's a new plea now. Ban thin girls. Oh, God, I'm all in favour of that. Banning thin people. Uh, you know, because why can't we just have normal people? But there is pressure, isn't there? There, there? there was an advert on the television the other day, and it was a group they were talking about. I think what they, what they fit is gastric bands. They fit gastric bands so that if you're uh, an overweight person, then you can lose weight without having to actually sort of do anything about it. It's all it's done automatically. It's like I've, I've heard of people who've had their jaws wired up so that they can't take in. All they do is they liquidize the food. So I've heard of somebody who liquidized steak, chips, peas, gravy, the whole lot, and then just had it uh, that way. Uh, trans and back again, the dad who changes his mind... Uh, about being trans, and then then grew a beard. So he's definitely not going to be trans now. David Beckham's aftershave has made it to Poundland, and Alan Carr is going to do a a big night tribute for his comedy hero, Les Dawson. Nobody beat Les Dawson when it came to deadpan humour. 
You know, watch type in Les Dawson on YouTube and watch him playing. He, he must have done more Royal Variety shows than anybody else. He, go, he, he used to start playing the piano and then all of a sudden it would go horribly wrong, which actually is very clever because to play the piano out of tune is much more difficult than playing it normally. And he'd say, keep, keep, keep together now on this one. Oh, we ain't got a barrel of money. And it would all be off key and everything. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Worked very well. Uh, Steve says, Mick, loose women should be taken off the air if a man acted like that. There'd be uproar. They've, oh, they were obviously told to apologise immediately. They'd done a thing about Matt Terry. And he'd been involved in a, an incident when he was in America about shooting. Colleen Nolan then makes a comment about it and they laugh, completely forgetting that we've had this dreadful shooting in Florida where 17 people have been killed by, again, another baby faced psychotic killer because guns are so easy to get uh, hold of. Uh, Amber says, yay, it's Friday, which is great. A personal service company is a normal limited company, usually... Uh, one with two or few shareholders, two or few shareholders, and one worker who provides services to an end client. There's no legal definition of a personal services company. It's a term made up by HMRC. The tax savings are around national insurance. People who use these companies normally pay themselves a very low salary and take the rest as dividends. Ah, dividends. Now I understand. One of the main issues is that she was on the payroll and the BBC made her go down the limited company route so they could save on employers' national insurance. Ah, dividends, dividends. That's now I understand. I hadn't actually worked out before how it worked out, but it's, it's a way of sort of, so you, you don't get paid a salary, you get paid a low salary, but you get paid dividends, so it could be quite lucrative. I mean, also, because she'd been there for quite some time, and she was on this seven-year contract, which to me seems, God, I could probably ask Jonathan Shallot, you know, if, if he, as he's got clients working in radio and television. I've never heard of a, of a contract that runs that long. I've never heard of seven years. I hear of, you know, six months to a year or a short-term contract with a guarantee of, say, you know, 500 a month or 1,000 a month or whatever it happens to be. Um, and he would then make his, his money on, on the back of that. But I've never heard of a seven-year contract. It seems like an awful lot, doesn't it, really? Uh, other stories in the papers for today. Does Megan... Have to be so huggy-wuggy. This is, this is Jan Moyer. But she said she, she's in danger of becoming a little bit, um, little bit sort of cutesy-cutesy. Like, you know, cutesy as apple pie, people used to say years ago. Convicted at last, the drink driver. This is Michael Camp. Michael Camp is 52. And uh, the judge accepted that he was too drunk for a breath test, finally convicted the other day. He was three and a half times, three and a half times over the legal alcohol limit when stopped by the police. However, the salesman from Milton Keynes avoided justice last February as the magistrates cleared him of failing to provide a separate breath sample at the station as he was too intoxicated. However, after a challenge by the Crown Prosecution Service, they finally um, ordered the, uh, the court to convict He'd been pulled over by the police. He blew a, a roadside test reading well above the legal alcohol limit. But when he failed to blow into a breathalyser at the station, the officer concluded he was too drunk. But he was fined 180 quid, uh, £200 costs and banned from driving for three years. Not much use if you're a salesman, is it? If you're a salesman, you're definitely not going to be uh, doing anything like that. Uh, also, the relief from the roadworks. God, if there's one thing that we have... I mean, it's probably the same where you are in the country. Probably the same. The, you have roadworks... We have roadworks, just that ours seem to go on forever and a day. And I wouldn't mind if you ever saw anybody working on them. I came past Lord Palmerston's old house, known as the In-N-Out Club, which is down just off Piccadilly, just down from the Ritz. And you can't actually get into the house because outside of it, they've dug the road up. Nobody working on it. 
Nobody working on it, completely deserted. And you think, if this had been anywhere else, I told you we went to Copenhagen one year for a weekend break, just to go somewhere different. Let's fly to Copenhagen, see what Copenhagen's like, and all very lovely. And as we looked out the hotel bedroom window, you could see that they were working on a bridge over the river. But I promise you, they worked overnight. By the next morning at eight o'clock, that was all open again. Over here, it can go for weeks. And you think to yourself, I'm sorry, is anybody, where are they? Do they just dig up the road and then disappear somewhere? Is there a little sort of hut where they all go and hide? Because I can't, I find it unbelievable that, that people, people don't care about it. So now they're going to find them. Two and a half thousand quid every day it goes over. They'll say, right, this job here should be a couple of days job. You know, and you should better sort it out quickly. See, the Queen has to wait for somebody to come round. Of course not. You just, you just sort it out. Just get it done. But uh, leaving it there, just so in other words, you've got a main road coming into Piccadilly Circus, one of the busy, busiest bits of the capital. And uh, what is it? Single lane up to the Ritz Hotel. Single lane. You can imagine you've got buses and everything else going past there. You just sit in traffic jams. Incidentally, I was slightly disturbed yesterday to discover that it's Chinese New Year. Not discovered, uh, not disturbed to discover it is Chinese New Year. It's the parking restrictions. But they don't come in till eight o'clock. On Sunday morning, so that's good news, isn't it? And believe you me, I shall be, um, I shall be arguing my t- my case on that one because I come into work on a on a Sunday morning, and invariably there's either a run, a jog, a sponsored swim. There'll be something stupid going on in London that just disrupts uh, the people who have to come into work. But they don't care about us at the weekend. People who come into work, they just we, we just get sort of pushed to one side. Should Liz Hurley? have lovely pictures of herself taken in the newspapers, the photographs taken by her son, who's 15. Um, I don't actually see any problem with that. Why shouldn't people take... Oh, you thought there was something to matter with it, did you? Oh. Well, Brooklyn Beckham has taken ghastly pictures of his uh, mother. You know, but there again, perhaps it's just accuracy. Uh, because he can't take pictures. Weight watchers are under fire for targeting teens. But it is the problem now with, with teens that they are that group. Because of all the fast food places that we see everywhere. I mean, I don't think there's a high street that does not have at least one, two, three, four, five, up to God knows how many, in some parts of the capital, fast food outlets. Chicken, kebabs, baked potatoes, fish and chip shops, pizzas. It just goes on, doesn't it? The list goes on and on and on. And it's the young people who it targets. That's what it is. It's the young people who who are the people who are the ones who sort of lose out in this one here. Uh, What have we got here? An extraordinary story of a brilliant gay columnist complaining about the Me Too movement and the actress in a leopard skin leotard who sexually harassed him for two years. Good heavens above. Can this be the story of um, Matthew Paris? It is. It's the story of Matthew Paris and his stalker who was married. And you think to yourself, good heavens above, did she not know that he was gay? I mean, is that, is that the kind of thing that happens nowadays, that you sort of see somebody and they're gay and they go, ah, but don't worry, I'm the one to turn them. And you go, no, you're not. Don't be silly, you can't turn somebody. If you're turning somebody, they must be bisexual, which is different. And have you got a man bag? Yep, I've got a man bag. It's just, um, it just slings over your shoulder and you can keep everything in it. It's very useful. In my case, you know, it keeps in tablets and insulin and all sorts of things, it's little sachets of coffee, everything. One in four young men have man bags. We see them all the time. I don't see there's any big problem with it. 
I mean, at one time, um, I used to have a... They used to call them years ago, clutch bags. You've got to be a certain age to remember a clutch bag. Yeah. The producer's got one. It's a bit naff, admittedly. I mean, for goodness sake. I mean, at least, at least get something that's leather, that looks a bit, you know, butch, as opposed to sort of a... Something that looks like it's made in an art and craft shop. You know, it's... Oh, it's from a cycling... Oh, well, there you go. I'll rest my case. It's from a cycling team. <laughs> you want something like mine, which is butch, which has got zips on. Previously used on the Tour de France. You're not selling it to me. I'm not interested. Not, I don't care. <laughs> but I used to have a clutch bag. Because if you go to Italy, or you go to France, or you go to any of those sort of places, Rome or wherever it happens to be, you will see men with a leather bag under their arm. Like a little... It looks like a wash bag. And in it, they will keep their lighter, their cigarettes... Their, uh, their condoms, their wallets, all sorts of things. They're just very useful. Very, very useful. And yet, you know, you walk up and down Hounslow High Street with a clutch bag under your arm and you'll be shouted at, believe you me. If you were going, oi, and all that kind of stuff, you know, oi. Well, sometimes they use other words as well. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I do love it. When you, when you see a television programme, this is one called Married at First Sight. I've never heard of it, but apparently viewers were left divided as Wayne apparently pulled out of the show in the first episode. With just six weeks to go before his wedding, a visit with the registrar left the would-be groom with cold feet and he opted to quit the show ahead of the big day. He was paired up with fellow hopeful Carrie on the show after agreeing to take part in an experiment which saw them scientifically matched. And uh, uh, the, the decision shocked viewers. Ooh, we were shocked. Uh, over, they were split, uh, whether he'd done the right thing or had wasted her time by taking part. One wrote, Wayne, you time waster. <laughs> it's hilarious because he's, he's got loads of coverage. She'll be furious. She'll be furious because he's got loads of, uh, loads of coverage. Uh, the Winter Olympics, uh, Dom Parsons wins skeleton bronze medal. Yeah, whatever that is. You know, we, oh, it's fantastic. We love it. And also, children below average height, up to 24% more likely to suffer a stroke as adults. It's a cheerful thing, isn't it, to tell your uh, son or daughter. Uh, also, President Trump ignoring young Americans when it comes to gun control. Southwestern railways hit by a fresh wave of industrial action over the role of guards on trains. God, how long is this going on for? How long? Is it, it can't be going on much longer, can it, really? It's just ridiculous. Am I, I can't remember if I'm Southwestern trains. Oh, I am. Lovely. It's all I need, really. And so now... Members of the RMT will refuse to work any rest days for the next four days. Well, don't do it. The union said the action will have a serious impact. Yeah, on us. On us every time. Why are we the ones who have to suffer? It's not our gripe, is it? The union's embroiled in long-running disputes over staffing and the role of guards. I tell you, all I see at Waterloo Station is a load of people standing around. Seriously. I mean, some of the... I had to try and collar somebody the other day to find out where I was going. He was too busy texting on his telephone. There's just a load of people paid to stand around and do nothing. Not exactly working, is there? Uh, why are there lots of Chinatowns all over the road? Maybe it's a question for Mystery Hour. says, uh, look, we're seeing Chinatown decorated. Now, it'll look the same as last year when they decorate. It looks the same all the time. It'll have lanterns up and there'll be dragon dances. Sorry, uh, lion dances and stuff like that. And it's the year of the dog. There you go. Uh, Gary says, could be worse, your producer could have a fanny pack, which is an American bum bag. I don't think so. I really don't think so. And uh, somebody says, I know what you mean, roadworks, diversions everywhere, bit of a pain in the bottom. Man bags are good and practical. My ex had one, saved me carrying all his stuff in my bag, says Kim. Uh, Do you bring your uh, own microphone, says Tom. 
Are you on drugs or something? Do you bring your own microphone? I mean, somebody used to bring their own muff in and, uh, and use it. And, uh, no, I've not even heard of people bringing their own headphones in. No, of course we don't bring our own microphone. That's like, does Nick Abbott bring his own headphones? And Clyde Bull does, oh, dear, pretentious or what? <laughs> I used to. Um, but it's like saying, you know, do you bring your own microphone? Yeah, when I worked at the BBC, I brought my own lighting rig in as well. A ridiculous thing to say, honestly. I, t- I hope you're enjoying the M6. I hear there's a big hold-up ahead of you. Just got up, ice-cold mug of water. I feel a lot better now, says Dean. Actually, ice co- you're supposed to not drink ice cold, but I'm like you. I like ice cold. I, I don't know why. It's supposed to be bad for you. You're supposed to drink, um, um, what, what do they call it? Um, oh, room temperature water. Uh, Steve, uh, they still sell Beckham aftershave in Tesco for a tenner. It's OK, I suppose. Um, yeah, well, you can get it cheaper in, in Poundland. Get it for a fiver, which actually, of course, makes a mockery of it being Poundland. In Hong Kong, it's 25 degrees and blue skies, says Simon. How lovely. Actually, I wouldn't mind being in Hong Kong now. I quite, I quite fancy... I don't know fancy some food, I think. Uh, wife Michelle and Roger are listening to in Norbury from a hotel. I've got 15 man bags. We love your show and listen in Oslo all the time. So they've got 15 man bags. So I think it's quite normal. But, I mean, some people round in this country are a little bit odd about it. And they go, oh, no, you can't have man bags. It's a bit, a bit poovy. You know what I mean? And, and, and yet you go to Italy, every bloke's got one. You know, you will see every man with them. That's the way it works. Uh, over in Windsor, the homeless are retaliating. because Some of them are quite nasty, so they're pitching their tents for the royal wedding. Uh, I mean, it's just an excuse, because you don't need to... I mean, all they've got to do is get the police down to remove it, because, you know, Windsor is just full of tourists. There's nothing... I think a few people live there, but majority, tourism. That's what it's about. So all these people are pitching their tents, and... Um, they, they're also going to find people. If you leave your bedding lying around, it's going to be taken, thrown away, and you'll be fined £100. Are they going to give them £100? Fine. Where are they going to get the money from? Answer, begging. That's what they do. And uh, so 300,000 people uh, have signed a petition saying stop Windsor Council removing rough sleepers before the royal wedding. But as I say, the, these be people who don't live down there at all. And they know nothing about it. They just jumped onto a bandwagon. So save homeless people. You know, Windsor's lovely. I tell you what, you know, what they need to do is sort of find somebody who's very vociferous in this and then let loads of homeless people move in next door. I'd buy the house next door to these people and let homeless people just move in. Pitch your tents and everything else in the garden. Apparently the skeleton, says Gary, is where people in very tight lycra jump on a tea tray on an ice circuit speeding down at around 90 miles an hour. Oh, yes. Somebody says your mate Chris... Brings own muffin effort. No, he doesn't. I love the way you believe this garbage, honestly. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he really doesn't. And it's got nothing to do with germs. You don't pick up germs off a microphone. And you don't pick them up off muffs. Seriously. Otherwise, you know, we'd all be stricken every, every moment of the day. Uh, Dawn says, uh, poor, poor Majid was also got by the bug. I was convinced at work we passed it on from one to another by not wiping phones and keyboards after every shift. You wish you'd never do that. Shall I tell you for why? Because then it starts off zero. So whatever you've got, you're going to transfer to it. Leave it on there and bugs will cancel each other out. Somebody cleans the keyboards down. Oh, does he? Does Clive? Yeah, but he's, he's paranoid over that, isn't he? He'll just sort of go there. I'm surprised that Clive doesn't actually have his own filtration unit built in, put his headphones on on this filtration unit. We used to have a woman come in years and years ago to clean all the phones in the office. 
because I've never used the phone in the office. I don't know how to use the phone in the office. I must be the only person who doesn't know how to do it at all. But no, no, we've got um, keyboards in here. I've got uh, one, two, three, three keyboards in here. I've got one, two, three microphones. I've got one, two cameras. I've got lighting. I've got screens. I've got uh, loads of stuff. Oh, and a telephone as well. But nobody cleans it anymore. There was one person who used to bring their own mic muff in, but that didn't make any difference because you're putting a mic muff onto a microphone, which has still got the germs on it. But uh, as I say, we used to clean the headphones, but we don't do that now. We don't do that. So uh, it doesn't really matter, actually. You don't need to, to wipe down at all. But the idea that somebody brings their own muff and headphones... I mean, some people like their own headphones, but they have to be passed by the company. You can't just bring a set of headphones and plug them in. These have got limiters in. So that you can't go deaf. We don't want people going deaf. Some people have their headphones so loud. But, you know, they don't... Uh, it doesn't take his own mic muffin, I promise you. I see him every day, and uh, he really doesn't. Steve, up and making 40 praline chocolates. Working on diabetic chocolate recipe, says Tracy. No, I would not be interested. <laughs> I'll tell you for why. Because it's like laxative. Diabetic chocolate. That's why, you know, any, anybody from Diabetes UK will tell you. Just eat normal chocolate. Just don't eat much of it. You know, depending on what sort of diabetic you are. But no, no, no. Diabetic chocolate. Ugh, ghastly. I remember trying it years and years ago, thinking, oh, this is what I've got to eat now, and you can eat as much of it as you like. Which, of course, you can't. You cannot eat as much of it as you like. And uh, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't. But no, diabetic. Anything that's got the word diabetic on it is just an excuse to charge more money. Diabetic socks. Diabetic this. Diabetic shampoo. Diabetic this. Diabetic that. You don't need to do it. If you look through the magazine, you'll find all sorts of things. You know, di- diabetics are obviously ripe for the taking. So I would say, eat what you want to eat. Just go, just go a bit careful. Uh, I could just go a plate of dim sum right now. Oh, not dim sum. No, no, no. Could eat sweet and sour chicken right now. Hong Kong style. I could eat some char siu pork. Siu pork, which I quite like. I could eat some... Um, I could eat anything, actually. I could eat anything, seriously. The more you think about food at this time of the morning, the more you think... I was watching Four in a Bed the other day, and uh, oh, some of them are horrible people. They're so awful. And also, have you seen... Oh, God, what's the programme? It's Ireland's Customs. And there's a bloke on there. What a nasty little piece of work he is. He's one of the customers. I'm sorry, sir, I'm just asking you a question. So wh- where did you stay there? Mind your own bloody business. It sounds like Paul Smith, doesn't it? Uh, this this bloke, and, and the bloke goes, I just don't understand why you're asking me this. Well, sir, have I bullied you? Have I done anything? He's the worst bully I've ever seen in my entire life on a television programme. Horrible piece of work. I'm assuming, I'm only guessing, but he doesn't have a wife. I'm only guessing on that one. And it's... What are you looking at? All right. It's, uh, it's the Ireland programme, but they always feature him. And he's so rude. Would you like to come over here, sir? Like to, did you pack your own bags? Where have you come from today? And we get all of this kind of thing. And then he, he was bullying left, right and centre. He was the worst. I'd have made an official complaint about him. He was horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And, uh, see, I'm, and uh, you know, I never mentioned the fact that I've been standing here since 8 o'clock this morning, sir. And you think, well, you've just mentioned it. He's obviously not the brightest penny in the box. And he's obviously got the biggest chip on his shoulder. What a horrible piece of work. Really horrible. I remember thinking as I was watching it yesterday, my God, he was bullying this bloke. This, this poor little Chinese man who'd come in, he wanted to know, so where, whereabouts did you stay in so-and-so? In a hotel. Which one was that? What's it got to do with him? Mind your own business, you silly old customs bloke or whatever. I've been standing here since eight o'clock in the morning. Have you brought anything in with you? Have you got any money with you? Why would the hotel you've stayed in make any difference? I think it was the Hilton. There you go, sir, he said. That wasn't too difficult, was it? I thought I'd have punched his lights out by that time. He was horrible. 
Horrible. Let's get Harry's squeeze to transfer her compassion to Windsor's homeless and embrace the big issue, says Richard. Exactly. You wait till she discovers when they get... Hi. Hello. I'm in suits. You've probably seen me. <laughs> I'm making a prediction, but I'm not telling you what it is, actually, at the moment. Rowan says, speaking of studio equipment, what is the make of the uh, model of the microphone you're using? Um, on this one, it's got Argos, and, uh, and the headphones are Playtime, I think, something like that. Mind your own business, nosy old so-and-so. But that bloke, I'm sure somebody will come up with a name for me. I don't know what it is at the moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Oh, you all know who this bloke is. The programme is apparently called Stop, Search, Seas. And he's, um, I don't know, now, of course, I'm confused. I don't know where he is. Is he in Dublin? Anyway, whatever airport he's at, he's horrible. He really is. Hugh, Huey in uh, Brixton says he's called Bruce Heller. Uh, Andrea says his name's Bruce and he's horrible. Mick says, I know the officer you mean on the Irish Customs programme. He's very self-important. He's, I mean, he was so rude to this bloke the other day. Which hotel are you staying in, sir? I'm just asking you a question. I'm just trying to sort of, you know, uh, ask him. For, What's it got to do with you? Mind your own business where this bloke stayed. He's obviously well-to-do. And so, so where about you living over here, sir? Are you working over here? No. What's that got to do with it? Well, some people live over here but don't work here. What's it got to do with you? What has it got to do with you? What a nosy little person he is. He's dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, Gary says, I love Four in a Bed. It's a genius of a show. Some of them are truly evil. Oh, they're horrible. Somebody complained the other day. Oh, the sausages were definitely substandard. They're only paying 90 quid for a room. And these two blokes had laid out a lovely spread for them and all the rest of it. Some of these people have started playing a game. You know, they deliberately mark people down. And uh, it's just, it's just riveting. It is just riveting. Uh, Dave's in Leeds. Far enough away. He says, have you learnt nothing? A whole civilization was wiped out by a bug contracted on a dirty telephone. I know those Aztecs, they've got a lot to answer for, haven't they? Pick up. Hello, is that the Aztecs? Hello. Oh, God, we're going to wipe out a civilization. I know. And on the moon, exactly the same. Somebody, I'm sure you must have talked, says Anne, about the new platform for the Reading trains at Waterloo. It's miles to get to the train, and if you're cutting it a bit fine, you won't make it. The Windsor and Eaton train now gets more business from me. Yeah, I do that, actually. Uh, somebody says, did you ever find out what Toby is doing in Windsor today and why they closed the staterooms? Well, the staterooms, I'm reliably informed, are cleaned at this time of year. And so they all, you know, get down on their hands and knees and thank the Lord for a job. And then they sort of, you know, it's all very careful. They have to because this stuff is very valuable and very fragile. A bit like the rest of us, I suppose. But no, if, if you get an opportunity, watch this, uh, this Irish broker with this bloke Bruce on. He's the rudest man I've ever seen at an airport. Uh, seriously, if I'd be standing there, I'd be arguing with him, going, why do you want to know this? What has it got to do with you? Well, I'm just finding out what sort of job do you do, sir? What's it got to do with you? Mind your own business. What job do you do apart from irritate people? And he always tries to justify I'm, But I'm surprised he's still kept his job. He's doing nothing for the, uh, for the city en concordiale. Absolutely nothing at all. He's so disgusting. Yesterday, I thought, was the ultimate. I, I nearly wrote a letter, but I couldn't be bothered at the end. But, um, you know, everybody else is all very pleasant. You know, the ladies are very nice in there when they're trying to sort of suss out how much money people have got on them and they've got a dog that can sniff out money, which is great. But uh, it's just, you know, it's just this bloke. He obviously thinks he's something special. Whereas, in fact, he needs to watch himself back because it's really, truly dreadful. Truly dreadful. Other stories in the, uh, in the papers for today. Let's have a quick look, shall we? Oh, look. The mirror. Uh, on the front page, picture of uh, Colleen, my boy's a beauty, just a baby. 
They all look exactly the same, wrinkled and asleep. OK, and that's it. And they go, oh, aren't they gorgeous? No, they all look the same. It's like, are all brides beautiful? Of course not. Otherwise, where do ugly people come from? No, that's, you know, and babies are exactly the same. Oh, look, it's baby. And you go, yeah, it's a baby, all right? That's it, it looks like a baby. They're all about this big. One end wheeze and the other end doesn't. And, um, and, and the other end eats. Desmond Tutu quits shamed Oxfam. Well, if he's quit, everybody else will be quitting, won't they? And also, uh, football in the dock. Please twice ask Gary Speed if he was a sex abuse victim. His parents have revealed he was quizzed in the Bunnell inquiry. But they don't know. They don't know, um, because, you know, he's not here to answer. Uh, what have we got here? Liam Gallagher wants a Vegas slash Corrie vibe in his new home with more leopard print than Bet Lynch's wardrobe. God, you're so, so 20 years out of date, aren't you, really? And uh, here she is, Paddy McGuinness's uh, wife, Christine, flashing her wedding ring. Luckily, she was holding her hand at such an angle that you could see it. You know it's a posed picture. It's the biggest pile of rubbish I've ever seen. I couldn't care less. If he cheated on you, that's your problem. You know, it's something you have to sort out, but next time, don't go and sit in a public park, dear, OK? Just go and, you know, just go and stay at home and have a cup of tea. Uh, the high school massacre, the killer's troubled past. I mean, he's already appeared in court, and then his, uh, his barrister put a hand round him. Oh, diddums. Oh, diddums. I'm surprised he wasn't shot dead. Um, they, they've said here, the pupils have said he used to threaten other kids and was crazy about guns. We knew if anybody was going to do this, it would be Nicholas. He's another person. Uh, but the trouble is, what do you do? If you have the death penalty, do you put him to death? Or do you leave him to rot for the rest of his life in prison? I mean, he's, he's quite clearly mentally ill. He's obviously got some sickness. What do they do with him? I just love the way in America it's all filmed. You see these people. Over here, you wouldn't see anything at all. You just see people going into court and that's about it. You don't see anybody in there. I'd quite like to see Barry Bunnell in court. I'd like to see what he's been saying. That's what I'd like to see, but of course we never get to see that. We're so we're so backward, aren't we, really? Um, yes, Naomi is my girlfriend, says somebody called Skepta. Apparently he's a grime star. Does that mean he hasn't washed or something? What does that mean, a grime star? Is that is it music like what Stormzy does? Where do you learn to speak English? Music like what Stormzy... Oh, from South London, that explains it. Apparently Skepta, who's 35, and supermodel Naomi, let's just call her the tantrum queen, shall we? sat together at the Enemy Awards, and then Skepta says they're going out. Does he have a name, actually? Does he have a proper name? They've been on a string of dates in Paris. Oh, dear. Hardly street, is it, dear, going to Paris? Shouldn't you sort of go to Brixton or something like that, or Tottenham or Tooting or anywhere? Oh, does he have a proper name, Skepta? He must have. It'll be something naff when it'll be like, sort of, uh, oh, it's my telephone, making a little vibration all by itself, having a bit of fun this morning. So does Skepta, S-K-E-P-T-A, have a... Have a um, have a proper name? Probably not. But they spent the evening locked in conversation. She's probably saying, I really like you. How much money you got? Skepta. Here we go. Joseph Junior Adenuga. He's an English grime artist, rapper, songwriter, record producer, music... Oh, God, he sounds boring already. Doesn't he sound dull? He's got his, um, his first album. He released his debut studio album, Greatest Hits, in 2007. And he's, he's collaborated with well-known uh, grime artist Jimmy. He says, oh, by the way, he actually, uh, he has slated DIY music in the future and told Time Out magazine, I'm not a rapper, I'm an activist. Oh, well, yo you, dear. Yo you. Well, big up you. Big up Skepta. Really called Joseph. Not as exciting, is it? Born in Tottenham. He's 35. Bit old to be a rapper, in it, dear? I thought it was for the kids now. Oh, sorry, you're not a rapper, are you? But uh, he's on, a, a boy better know is his label. And, uh, as I say, 
That's all we know about him. He's just an English grime artist, rapper and songwriter. So much in common with Naomi Campbell. <laughs> she must have sat down there going, what do you do? Because she comes from Streatham. And, uh, and you go, I'm grime. Oh, what's that? <laughs> See the conversation, can't you? Uh, the Chorix family from Cheem. Happy Chinese New Year. Gong Ho Fa Choi. And uh, Bruce sounds like every immigration officer I've ever come across into the UK. It's like the Spanish Inquisition wanting to know everything about where I work, where I live. Pretty standard, Steve. Well, this one's just rude. This Bruce bloke is the rudest bloke I've ever seen on the television. He's terrible. Terrible. Wayne the Trolley Dolly says, I'm listening to you all over Europe. Currently, I'm in Calais, heading back to Holland. Travel down from Holland this morning. All the best, says Wayne. Good. Steve, the best TV show for backstabbing and being nasty is Coach Trip, says Richard. Oh, no, no, it's, I see, I think Coach Trip's quite nice. I know they do do backstabbing. I've not seen it for ages, but Four in a Bed is good. Uh, Come Dine With Me is just full of weirdos, so I don't bother with that one at all. Uh, also, I suggest Oxfam's Donor. Take a look at the training manual first. It reads similarly to this week's scandal. Savile and uh, Burrell were also... Enabled by self-serving leaderships indifferent to the suffering of the victims. Yes, I mean, you're not telling me that people didn't know about Jimmy Savile. The rumours were all there. Just to, it wouldn't have taken much to, uh, to sort of find out exactly what he was doing. Uh, what have we got here? Oh, more on uh, medicine and uh, people trying to change the donor laws so that people don't have to wait and die needlessly if they need um, a donor. I've said, you know, and I've done it publicly, I don't carry a card, perhaps I should, saying any... Any bit of my body you can have after I've died. I'm really not remotely bothered. You can just take whatever. I shouldn't imagine my family be uh, be sort of up in arms over it. They'd be going, that's fine. That's fine. Um, uh, Damien says, Bruce from the customs programme is funny as hell. I thought he was gay, to be honest with you. I thought he was... I, thought, I can't imagine what he's married. I can't imagine he's actually married. And if he is, I can't imagine what the wife is. So that's why I thought, quite rightly, he was uh, he was gay. Because he's just so rude to these people. Is it, but, he, but it's not... He's nasty rude. It's not funny rude. It's nasty rude. You know, the Chinese bloke who he was talking to kept saying he'd just come from Hong Kong and he'd had a long flight. And uh, Bruce said, what, you know, and when he was pinning him down on the hotel he was staying in, he said, what's that got to do with anything? He said, I'm just asking you. I'm just doing my job here. Just, and he's, he's so abrupt. <coughs> Excuse me. Luckily, he couldn't find anything in the cases, which made him look like the biggest person under the sun. You're quite right, lots of game playing going on in four in a bed. One episode last week, a couple of the rooms in one hotel had low pressure and warm water in the shower. You see, I do like a bit of pressure. I do like a bit of pressure in the shower. Uh, rather than report the issue to the owner, which they could have rectified quite quickly as they had an on-site plumber, they marked the couple down and withheld money over it. However, says little Julie, doesn't stop me from watching. They had the, the one the other day and one of the, uh, the blokes um, uh, on it he was admonished by the by the couple. And then they apologised to him the next day. So what did he do? He marked them down. Two of the couples said they wouldn't stay there again. I thought it looked perfectly fine. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, it is, it's, but it's, but it's very entertaining. Very entertaining. Not only very entertaining, it's a case of, it's sort of, you, you can almost feel the testosterone. <laughs> which is fantastic, which is great. Uh, good morning, Steve, says Graham, on the way delivering to Andreas at Chelsea Green, who's James O'Brien's pal. And I've got young Daniel with me, who got up at 12 to come to market with Paul. Hope to see you soon when Paul Cooper returns from Mexico, says Graham. Yeah, he's over in Mexico. He flew off the other day to Mexico. God, I've never, never interested me going to Mexico. I, I like, do they have tortillas? Is that where they have tortillas? Which I quite like that. 
And tacos. Is that Mexican? Oh, I like that as well, then. And Darren's going there next month, is he really? Good Lord. What's it famous for? Is it famous anything apart from the hat dance and jumping beans and crime? <laughs> we couldn't think of anything else, Graham. Which <laughs> is not so good, is it? No, it's never, if I was going on holiday, I don't know where I'd want to go at the moment. Twickenham, I suppose. I can't think of anywhere else that I think, oh, I'd really like to go on holiday there. There's no sort of top of my wish list or a bucket list. There's nothing I can think of that would sort of... I'd like to go back to probably Vegas and do nothing for a week. I have. I told you yesterday, I've, I've, I've threatened. I've said I might take a holiday this year. He nearly fell off his chair, did Tom. <laughs> felt like saying, only joking, only joking. Because I just, I don't know what to do on holiday. I'm, I'm a bit of a bore on holiday. I don't mind having a look in shops. And I think I might just go there to get some, some Tommy Bahama shirts for the summer. I could take a flight over there. I could either go by myself, which, which I quite fancy, or I could go with some other people. Because I know loads of places in, uh, in Vegas and I've got friends over there. So that'd be quite... Yes, I could do that, actually. Just a week in Vegas. I'll have to contact John Warrington. It's something to worry about, isn't it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Love is like a butterfly. Yep, Wendy Craig is in Emmerdale. She looks fantastic for 83. Fantastic. Uh, She discovered or rediscovered her Christianity in her 40s. And uh, she's always been quite private. I always loved Wendy Craig. I would always, always love Wendy Craig. I don't know why. She was just one of those vulnerable characters. But um, she's had a career. She's a nervy performer, she says. But she's still working. Uh, however, she has made preparations for the end of her life. And uh, she says, touchingly, her greatest wish is that her children won't have to worry about all that. She says, I've made a will. I've laid out how I want my service to be so the children don't have all these problems. I've written out my personal gifts so there won't be any confusion when I'm gone. I just want to leave the children happy. I want it to be a positive going. It's funny that, actually, when we talked, I talked yesterday to Celia Imry, who's going to be with us in conversation, I think, next week on the programme. And she also, you know, is, is far more aware now at her time of life that you don't know how long you've got. You want to cram as much as you can in. Uh, and the more you, you, you cram in, the better you feel about it the better you feel. Uh, Steve, organs harvested dead bodies are useless, says uh, Una. They have to take them on, you're still alive. Not strictly true, dear. Not strictly true. You can't be sort of lying there, breathing your last, and they start cutting you open to take your heart out. They have to wait till you die. They're not going to take your corneas out. You know, you can donate your kidney while you're alive, but I've got a friend of mine who's donated a kidney to his sister, and he's, he's living quite happily. But, you know, they have to uh, remove, I believe, the heart after you've died, but it's, it's got to be fairly quick. They can't, they can't leave it too long because otherwise there could be damage. But they, they don't do it while you're alive, dear. Just to point that out to people who might be lying there in bed at the moment thinking, why are they all hanging around the bed? No, they take it after you've passed on. Uh, four in a bed, says Mary, can be a bit mean. If somebody ran a finger along the top of my pictures, they'd need a mini bulldozer. Oh, they not only do that, they unstrip the beds, they look at the mattresses, they look at... Oh, who's, who's ever done that? Who's ever done? I've never done that in a million years, these people. And yet sometimes they're the worst ones, aren't they? Mark says, you're so bang on there. That Irish customs officer is the right old so-and-so. He's rude. I don't care what anybody says. It's not even funny rude. He's offensively rude. In fact, yesterday he was bordering on racism. Seriously. He, he kept saying to this poor bloke who just flown in from Hong Kong, and at the end he went, he was probably a bit tired and all the rest of it. There was nothing, you know, in the end he said, I hope I've treated you courteously. I thought, no, you haven't. I'd have made an official complaint about him. He was rude and offensive. It's just not necessary. Uh, Apple's got a smart speaker. They say it can ruin wooden furniture. Uh, it leaves white rings on wooden furniture. 
I've heard of that before, actually. We've all had that, haven't we, with different bits and pieces. Uh, somebody said it looked like it was a hot mug. Well, then just put... You can get little... I went to the pound shop. God, honestly, what an admittance, Stephen. Honestly, you being a cultured, a cultured soul and all the rest of it. And they do a pad, like um, a piece of like greaseproof paper with lots of little sticky pads on it for putting under things. It's little, little felt pads. And it cost a pound in the pound shop. How else? And, and, I, and I bought those, and I stick those under things occasionally, if I can remember. But no, that's... Why would people, you know, not put... If you're going to put stuff on, it's like putting a hot drink, isn't it, on a table, and then you take it up and go, oh, there's a mark. Of course there is. Put down a nice, you know, a nice thing like that, like a coaster. The company suggested anybody concerned about the problems, leave it somewhere else. I mean, you, you can wipe it off, they say. It should go away in a few days. Or just wipe it off. They say, put it on a coaster. I mean, just put stickers. I mean, there is a sticker that comes in the home pod box, which is the perfect place to rest the speak. But people sort of worry about things like that. You know, it leaves mild marks, but it can be caused by oils diffusing between the silicon base and the table surface and often go away for several days. Just go and get one of those pad things. In fact, you could probably find them on a little um, on Amazon. You could probably find a whole pack of these things, which are just little felt pads, all different sizes. You peel off the back and you stick it underneath it. How complicated is that? Go honestly, budget. And it said tea leaves. I don't mean tea leaves at all. I meant snowflakes. Couldn't remember what a snowflake was, actually. <laughs> Cared even less. Uh, skating on very thin ice. It's two people here. This is Megan Dumas at the Canadian Winter Olympics. I love watching. That's the only bit out of the whole Winter Olympics that I enjoy watching. I enjoy, you know, the stuff that uh, when, when they, they did it, Torval and Dean, years and years ago. That was the only thing worth watching. And then I met them and they were so nice and so charming. And, uh, and I sort of, you, you kind of sort of fall in love with them because they're just, they're just nice people. They're just ordinary people who happen to have been thrown into that, that strange world. Whereas every time I turn on the television, there's another programme with old Pip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. They seem to be on everything. I've never known. I've never known anything. Definition of a middle-class problem, says Charlie Girling. What was that? What was, what was the definition of a middle-class problem? The, oh, the apple thing. A middle-class problem. There's a stain! There's a stain! What are we going to do? Oh, throw the furniture out. Get rid of the furniture. It's all got to go. This is Charlie Girling, who's very much in the family way. And as I say, there's no way we'd get her into the, into the car unless we slid her in on a board. And we'd have to make sure the door the other side was shut. If I cleared the boot out, I could probably get her in there, actually. And it's nicely lined. My boot is beautifully lined. It's, it's got sort of felt all over it. Very warm and cosy. Just it's slightly claustrophobic, you know. But, I mean, that's, who cares about things like that? Uh, talking of come dine with me, they're currently looking for hosts in West London, says little Julie. <laughs> Oh, dear. Emma says, organ donation is so important. I just lost my mum due to waiting too long for a kidney transplant. Uh, nobody understands organ donation until it happens to them. We need to educate people. Yeah, I've always said that. Always said that. Why would you worry? Unless it's for religious reasons. There might be somebody listening on religious grounds who doesn't want to donate any part of their body. That's fine. As long as the rest of us manage. Dave says, reference the Apple iPod. It only affects cheap IKEA furniture. Did you see the place the other day? Uh, it was they make one piece of furniture they sell in Ikea. They make it in Sweden. 250 people turn out millions of these things. It's a wardrobe type of type effect. And that's all they make. That's all they make. The whole industry revolves around this. So it's, it's quite clever. I was watching this Ikea program. I became quite educated, actually. <laughs> Only for a brief moment. Uh, Jill in Glasgow says nobody uses doilies anymore. Oh, please. 
Didn't you used to use do it? You know, you know what a, a proper paper doily looks like. My mother used to use paper doilies, and she'd put it on top of a cake, and then she'd sprinkle icing sugar over the top of it, and then take the doily off, and then you got the pattern. Nobody do that. Just us again. Can't be. Everybody use doilies. You put your cakes on there, your little sandwiches, everything. It was lovely. I love a doily, but I, I think you should have some sort of placemat. We used never had lunch in our house without a placemat being down. I always used to get Lake Windermere. We had sort of, it was always scenes from the lakes or something. Why we had them, I can't imagine. I suppose to protect the table. But nowadays you get some lovely coasters. I got sent in some beautiful coasters, which I'm still using on a daily basis. And they're all Prosecco labels. They're really lovely, made by one of my listeners. They're because people are very clever who listen to the radio. I mean, certainly far cleverer than I am. I couldn't make anything like that. They were like, you know, frosted glass with the label in. Really clever. Really, really, I mean, really clever. Unbelievably. Um, <coughs> excuse me. That's all we need. Uh, little um, lion cub contemplating here in the Maasai Mara. Haven't you always wanted a little lion cub? And then they grow. And then they become dangerous. And then you have to get rid of them very quickly because uh, they just don't know, do they? Uh, also, Pride of Britain star Tilly lives her American dream. Uh, guess who they're making a film about? Yes, they're making a film about Meghan Markle. Oh, God, honestly, there's no end to it. Uh, Desmond Tutu quits Oxfam. Medicinal cannabis does more harm than good. The Blue Meanies. More people nicking disabled parking badges. 42% in two years, the increase is. Um, Apple smart speaker and ruin wooden furniture. Only cheap wooden furniture. And Cheryl, working for the BBC, it's only a pilot. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Friday. But you knew it was Friday, unless you've just opened your eyes and you're thinking, I wonder what it's like outside. Miserable down here. Miserable. More. I think there's a rain forecast for this weekend and it's going to be overcast. Some parts of the country you're going to get snow. They tell me snow. We, we've just we seem to have escaped it in London. I think it must be too warm down here. Contrary to what I keep telling you every single morning. Uh, the good news, David Beckham's aftershave. If you couldn't afford it before and it was cheap, uh, it's now in Poundland. Get it for a fiver. Yeah, woo. Is it worth it? I don't know. I've never smelt it. Uh, the Spice Girls want to be on tour. Apparently, some of the papers are saying they've already signed to go out on tour. I'm not sure if Victoria's signed to go on tour. I really don't know. And now they're going, are they going to get 10 million each? Well, the other week it was down to 5 million. So I don't know how that's working out. Uh, what the truck? No HGV job for you. Why? You're British. That one we'll have a look at. Um, uh, what else we have? Oh, yes, the, the wife booting uh, Telly's Paddy from the home. Uh, also, right on celebrities, quite quiet over the Oxfam sex scandal, as I said at the beginning of the programme. I get off the bus at Waterloo, and there they all are, the chuggers. Who were they trying to get money for? Oxfam. I thought, you're on a hiding to nothing. Uh, is literacy the key to a child's life expectancy? It could be. I think you'll find Dolly Parton does a, a literacy thing where they, they make sure in certain parts of America and things like that, and I think she started it here as well, that every child gets a book a month. So to encourage them to read, she said, because if, if you can read, I mean, she's quite right, it opens up a whole world of possibility. The last time I saw people mass reading was every time they brought out a Harry Potter book. You'd have people queuing outside the stores to go and buy the book and then sit down and have, have reading sessions. I mean, that was the, the last time it was sort of mass reading. Uh, relief from roadworks, they're going to start fining the utility firms two and a half thousand a day for digging up the streets because they don't seem to be working on them. You know, we're all in here in the early hours of the morning. Why can't they get people to work overnight in London when it's relatively quiet? Just coming out of the Piccadilly Tunnel, they're digging up the blooming road again. What for? 
looked perfectly all right the other week to me, but there again, what do I know? The FBI are in the dock over in America. They'd ignored the Florida gunman's threat. Um, he was on their radar. They knew that he was capable of killing. And boy, were they out on that one. And 17 people lost their life. He just wandered from classroom to classroom, opening fire on people. And for some reason, best known to them, they didn't take him out. Now you've got to have the, the wasted efforts of a trial where he stands there like he's not just murdered 17 people. I just don't, I just don't see it. Who wants to go and live in America? No, thank you. No, thank you. Wendy Craig at 83, looking amazing in Emmerdale. The smart speaker, uh, which can ruin your furniture. Depends how cheap your furniture is. And uh, the Haiti prostitute who claims the Oxfam boss slept with her when she was 16. I'm surprised she even knew who he was. Uh, the story about Cheryl working for the BBC, they're going, oh, she's going to be doing this new show. No, it's a pilot. They've just sort of seen just how how non-animated she can be, and it's about dance, so she doesn't know anything about it. I believe it's produced by Simon Cowell. So it's another, this time on the BBC, so it's, it's sort of round roundabout, you know, way of getting her back on the tech. What for? I can't imagine. She contributed nothing to the X Factor. How to stop heart attacks. The good news is eating two yoghurts a week. Well, that suits me fine, thank you very much indeed. I could eat two yoghurts a week. I don't know what sort of... They haven't said what sort of yoghurts. Um, also, jailed the bigamist who claimed to be terminally ill so he could move nearer to his um, mistress. He was married, but he claimed he was terminally ill and he told the children and everybody else. I mean, you know, these people are mad as fruit bars, aren't they, really? Uh, the Navy officer who's just sort of caused a lot of damage to a billion-pound nuclear submarine. I don't know how you ever miss it. There's enough people watching these things. You take it through the water, what does he do? He goes, oh, la, 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 in my little submarine. Oh, my God, as they smash into a ship. I mean, how blind you have to be, for God's sake. The fake interior designer jailed for the £100,000 scam. Stormy Daniels is set to spill the beans on Trump. Stormy Daniels is a porno star. Apparently, they've all got these peculiar names. Uh, also, the end of the homeowning dream, because it's just simply... Too expensive. People cannot. In London, certain parts of the country, you can you can do that. You can save up and you can actually, you know, buy yourself a house or get a little flat or a bed sit or something like that. Nowadays in London, I mean, it's just ridiculous. The prices are completely out of anything. You've got to be earning a small, even with four times the amount of your salary. Not so good. And uh, Steve Beckham's stuff smells good, though I'm not much of a fan of his. All right. What do you think? I mean, if it's if for, for a fiver, it's worth it, isn't it, really? Ian says, I still use placemats and coasters. Used to get told off when I was younger about anything down on the table. Oh, my mother would be the same. Cup up, lift the cup up. I have to do that. I use beer mats, says Mick, borrowed from the pub. Do they still do beer mats in pubs? We used to have cloths. And uh, married at first sight. I loved last night's episode, Steve. Uh, those seeking the perfect other will eventually realise that there are some good ones and then there are what I call the mad, the sad and the bad. Wayne is one of the sad ones, risk-averse. That's risk-averse. And he looked like he was going to faint with fear when he broke off his engagement. How embarrassing. Perhaps perhaps he's not into thought of girls. Perhaps he's into, you know, perhaps he's swinging from the other side of the fence, I should, have, I should imagine. But do, we seem to be fascinated by these programmes, don't we? Of sort of other people. It's like sort of the dinner dates programme. They had sort of some woman there with a friend of hers. And when she sat down with this bloke called Andy... Um, she said, oh, no, she isn't, uh, he, he isn't her, her type at all. And you think, are these people just so egotistical? They just want to be on the television. Because it, it's just got to be ridiculous. So when you watch The Four in a Bed, it's people who, you wouldn't want to stay with them if they were the last people living and they were the only ones who had a bed. You know, some of the houses are spectacular, but to some of the 
some of the prices. £400, I think, we had uh, a few weeks back for a sort of a staying in one of their bedrooms. But it came with everything. So it blew me away. But breakfast was extra. Breakfast was extra. And they sort of looked down on their clients. I wouldn't have been staying in a place like that. But there's, there's loads of other places on the television that you can sort of get an inkling. And then they do come dine with me, which is people sometimes who can't cook for toffee. They go on there and they're all, they're all peculiars. You know, different coloured hair or piercings or they do this. I've left something out in the bedroom. What is it? It's a, it's a whip. OK, right. And we opened the wardrobe and there were lots of basks in there. So what do you do? Well, actually, said Brian, I do, you know, and so it goes through. You've, it's it's the most peculiar programme. It is just called, it's showing off. That's all it is. It's showing off. Easy to crash into things, says Paddy. I walked into an elephant in Sri Lanka. Just didn't see it. I know, but don't worry. It'll remember when you go back. They're like that, elephants. They don't uh, They don't tend to forget. Uh, also in the uh, in the paper, uh, Real Britain. That was quite good, actually. I quite like that column, which is, uh, uh, this is Roswin Jones standing up for you and your family, which I quite like. Uh, the Glastonbury Festival shunning single-use plastics to cut 85 million tonnes of waste. Have you ever seen anything like it? The rubbish that you get at Glastonbury. People have an inability to put stuff in a, in a rubbish bin. They just don't, they can't manage it. Also, apparently, the bloke who, who runs it uh, is not going to be bidding for the Spice Girls anytime soon. I don't think the Spice Girls at Glastonbury. I mean, can you imagine the clash of egos? God, it would be, be unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's bad enough. Not there. Uh, also, oh, actually, I was looking at actually a lot of the other stuff that David Beckham's got on sale. It's it's all reduced. It's all reduced. I suppose otherwise you get stuck. But why do people assume that because it's got David Beckham's name on it, the public are going to buy into it? We know that he's on a he's on a, a percentage of how much they sell, and that's that's how it works. They go, oh, stick your name on this or stick your name on that, and then we apparently buy into it because we kind of pretend that you know David Beckham's had a hand in it. For years, I used to wear Calvin Klein's underwear, misbelieving that he'd actually manufactured it. And Rose, it was all made in China. I used to think, oh, Calvin Klein's made this. <laughs> Very naively. He didn't, of course. Well, I'm quite sure he must have seen it at some point. Uh, so Paddy McGuinness is uh, out. Well, he's, he's down filming, I believe, for Take Me Out. No likey, no lighty, no wifey. <laughs> no Appleton. Because she's, she's disappeared off in a taxi. Perhaps she's gone, gone to Timbuktu or something like that. Uh, Colleen shows off Cass Mack. Is that a boy's name or something? Cass Mack. I don't quite understand it. I suppose it's named after Cassius Clay. You know, I mean, why not call, call the child Wiggy? Named after her husband's hair on his head, or not, as the case may be. Hello, Wiggy. Wiggy Rooney. That'll work, wouldn't it? So he's a knockout baby. Cass Mack, honestly. It's real chav stuff, isn't it? But uh, I'm sure they're very happy. I'm sure it's absolutely lovely. Uh, I'm going to be a professional school shooter. Here he is, this pathetic waste of space, who took the lives of 17 people. I um, can't begin to tell you what I think should happen to him, but uh, it's not pleasant. Uh, save the planet. Dodge deodorant and shampoo. Because apparently somebody told me that if you don't wash your hair for about a month, it doesn't need washing. It's self-washing your hair because of the oils. Which you, I know that's what they say. It's just getting to that stage, isn't it? Where your hair secretes oils and you don't need to sort of wash it. Yeah. An old friend of yours didn't use to wash his hair. and didn't work, I know. And also, deodorant. You have to use deodorant, don't you? Tss, tss, you know, that kind of makes sense. But I know some people don't. And they're the ones I generally sit next to on the bus and the train. And also, don't clean the house. It's worse than 20 cigarettes a day. Can't beat a good vacuum, though, can you, as, uh, as you know. 
so, oh, we've got a couple of clips, have we? Oh, my goodness me, we've got a couple of clips this morning. So, after the news and travel, we'll take a look ahead to, I'm going to be with In Conversation this weekend. One of them has performed a huge array of roles on stage and screen. The other is a master in the kitchen. You'll find out very shortly. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Cold. Very cold this morning. Don't go outside. Uh, very interesting, say Barbara and Keith, that you've mentioned Mevagissi a few times lately. Have you any connections? No, we went there on holiday years ago and I just thought it was pretty. I thought, you know, if I was going to go and live somewhere and have a little fish and chip shop, it'd be Mevagissi. Because it's, it's got a nice little harbour and a little, little ferry. And then I thought maybe Padstow. And then I realised, no, I think somebody's got Padstow sewn up. Somebody's got all the businesses down there. There's no point in me even going anywhere near it. And Gary says, my brother was on Come Dine With Me, Steve. Total disaster. Got our mum to cook a backup meal. I think that was what Biggins did when he was on Come Dine With Me. I think he, he sort of did it, but he had a little bit of help. And it was somebody else's house. He didn't want people, you know, in his house filming it. And, uh, and he won because he's such a good host. The food was, it was simple. I think he did trifle or something. Whatever it was, it was exactly what people wanted to eat. You know, you don't want all this sort of posh bits and pieces, I think. Steve, I've heard that the Savoy Hotel has a £70,000 mattress filled with Mongolian yak hair. I think, uh, I don't know, actually. It does. Oh, it does. I'm just looking at it. It doesn't look like a mattress. It's the most luxurious mattress in the world. And uh, the reporter who went there says, I dare not fall asleep in case I dribble. I hardly dare breathe. And this is £70,000. £70,000 for a mattress. What's it made of? Nope. It's uh, a very rare, very fluffy type of yak. From a t- what do you imagine? By a whole herd of yaks for seventy grand? could you not? It's just it's a bit of publicity, isn't it? It looks like a, an Aberdeen Angus. In fact, the yak's tummy hair is as soft as cashmere. And um, apparently, because of the, uh, the temperature there, between minus 40 and 40 degrees... Uh, the yaks yield only 100 grams of hair each a year, and it has to be taken from the baby Kangai yaks because their hair is the softest. What a load of old codswallop. What a load of old trollop, isn't it? Goodness sake. And so they've done, you know, 70,000 a mattress lined with, lined with four kilos of the stuff. I mean, to be, to be honest with you, would you know it's just, you know, a bit of publicity for, uh, would you like to sleep up? Because you can't afford it. It's not in everybody's room. It's only in the one room. 70,000. Pounds worth on a mattress. Trying to get the whole room decorated for seventy grand. I, mean, it's just, I think that's just that is real snob value. The real snob. I mean, you know, are you going to make? Is it going to make any difference what you're sleeping on? A mattress either stuffed with yak hair. God, the smell of it must be vile. Unless they sort of watch it. Apparently, I have to say though, says the reporter, if I was a Kazakhstani gas oligarch with a few billion knocking around, I'd consider shelling out for this mattress. God, they bought into you, haven't they? It's all relative. A whacked-out millennial may buy a mattress in a box online. The oligarch can is handmade and lined with baby yak hair. There's a sleep war going on, and anything that gives you the edge has got to be worth trying, right? I mean, yeah, but not £70,000. That's just really awful. I'm sorry. There are people starving in this world, and seventy thousand for a mattress. I wouldn't mind, but the but the Mongolians, I shouldn't imagine their yut um, is worth anything like seventy grand. And yet they've got yaks outside, which are really unattractive, and they're sort of stripping them of this hair. So the yak go blooming cold. And they go, I'm sorry, somebody wanted a mattress. Who would sell that? Who would sell that? My first guest on in conversation this weekend is an actor, a comedian, a novelist. 
and a playwright. He started out in the world of comedy, well known for his role in The Young Ones, whilst he's also spent many years treading the boards in London's West End. He's even got a Brit Award. And he's now appearing in the new series of the Scandinavian drama Marcella on ITV. Uh, my guest Nigel Planer told me about Anna Friel's role on the series as the main character. I mean, the interesting thing is she has these what's called fugues, blackouts, basically. Mm. But when she wakes up from her blackouts, on occasion she's, like, covered in blood or finds herself in the middle of a forest where a body's been buried. Yes. And she's never sure... Whether she did it, did she? We're never sure either. And in this second series, she's in secret because she's trying to keep her job as as a police uh, investigator. She's trying to find out who am I, what have I, why am I doing these blackouts? She's had them since her daughter died, Mm. and she's going through um, all sorts of hypnotherapy and therapies to try and find out. But she does. The viewers will be pleased to know, still have the blackouts and the weird, the weird stuff keeps happening and it gets weirder and weirder. It's, 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 and it's very complicated. There are so many different mm. character plot lines. My plot line, I'm playing a, an old pop star um, who's a, a sad old thing. He has aphasia, which is, a, which is a, a, a brain injury you get from either from a stroke or a head injury mm. or so. So he and it affects the language centers of the brain. So he has difficulty speaking, and he gets his words wrong and forgets stuff. Or does he? You have to wait and find out. The actor and comic Nigel Planer, who's in conversation with me this weekend, as well as Nigel, I'll be talking to a celebrity chef and a TV presenter. Started out cooking in the south and centre of France before coming back to the UK and setting up his own restaurant at the age of just twenty-two. He then went into TV where he spent a decade as the host of Saturday Kitchen and also came fourth in Strictly Come Dancing back in 2005. It's James Martin. His new show, airing every afternoon, is called American Adventure. And he told me that some of the stereotypes about the cuisine in America aren't fair. It does house some of the greatest restaurants in the world. Fact. It does. And the best restaurant in the world now is classed in New York. Is it seven Michelin stars or something? Well, no, it's the, 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 the highest accolade you can get is three, three Michelin stars um, and five red stars as, 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 as in the if you're a hotel guide. Um, so forget what Dubai tell you. It's seven, there's no such thing. Um, it doesn't oh, really? exist. Yeah, it's just... They're just making <laughs> Well, there's no such thing. Um, but what, what, they, what they do have is amazing produce, uh, amazing people there, mm. fascinating people. And that's one of the, the things about this trip. You know, I'd never been to Central America, you know, because you go on holiday, you go to the East Coast, you go to the West Coast. You kind of don't really yeah. look at, but you don't look at the size of it. You know, it takes three days to get across Texas. I mean, it's just vast. But the place, the people in Texas have, uh, are amazing. And then you go south of that, you've got Louisiana, you've got, you know, all, all around you know, the famous chili sauce, which everybody's got in their cupboard, Tabasco, that, that comes from Avery Island. It comes from one island um, in America. That's it, all of it. And it's all owned by the same family. So we go visit there, we look at the reason why it was produced there, that it's actually produced on a salt mound, and the whole island is in the middle of a swamp. And it's, and it's the salt that they get from that that they put over the top of the chilli when they mix it together with the salt in the bourbon barrels, old bourbon barrels, leave it for three years, mix it together with vinegar, that's your chilli sauce. All from, from one family? All from one family and the same vinegar supplier for 120 years. It's fascinating, but, but that's just one of the many, many things you can look right across America at in terms of the food.
Seriously, I mean, it's. I don't know if you've been watching the programme on the telly. It's, it's a great series, it really is. He's, he's been commissioned to go back. But he doesn't know whether he's going to go back to America or whether he's going to go somewhere else in the world. I said, what about China? You know, go and do some of the food over there. But he loves Texas. He does. That's James Martin, the TV chef, who's in conversation with me this weekend, along with the actor and comic Nigel Planer. You can hear me talking to both of them tomorrow morning from six after the best of Steve Allen. And I thank you for joining us every Saturday morning. If you can't make it, you get another chance on Sunday evening from nine. And you can listen to the whole thing for free by downloading the LBC Catch Up app from the App Store on your iPhone or from Google Play on your Android device. Really, really good conversation. I love I love both of them, actually. They've both been in on the programme before. And uh, we love talking. Also, Nigel Planer's touring with uh, with a play that's an adaptation. Uh, he's just go- he's well, he, he's not actually in it and he's not producing it, but uh, he has an involvement. So we'll tell you about that as well. And uh, we'll see what else James Martin's got to come up with. They're both really, really super guests, really super guests. We've got some lovely ones as well. Ted in South End says, uh, I'll buy Dave's aftershave. Just chuck the box away quick. Oh, you don't leave it in the box. That's the whole idea about aftershaves, isn't it? You actually buy an. I tell you what I've got at home. I've got a puzzle box. It's a puzzle box. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen puzzle... This is a little block of wood. I should have brought it in and given it to the producer, because he, he might be cleverer than me. And the whole idea is this box opens. How? I have no idea. There's only one little bit that slides on it. I've tried everything. And it's only about an inch and a half square. And I've looked at it. I've looked at it through, through a magnifying glass. I cannot open this box. But obviously there is some way, something... You've got to touch something or push something or... Dude, I don't know what it is. I've tried magnets. I've tried everything and nothing worked. I'll bring it in on Monday. It's so annoying because I found it in the kitchen the other day and I went, what have I kept that for? And I went, oh, I remember. I couldn't open it. But then I think I did open it once, but I can't remember how it, how it ever happened, which is not so good. Steve, says Paula, in Warrington. Is it worth getting Spice Girls tour tickets? They cancelled half of the last tour dates for family reasons. Or was it because they couldn't be bothered touring? Yes, but I'd, if I give you some advice... You have to promise me that you'll take it. If you buy tickets to the Spice Girls, put it on a credit card, okay? Don't put it on a debit card because you've got more protection on a credit card, okay? So that would be it. I mean, because then at least you get your money back if they do cancel. Steve, who wants to sleep on a Mongolian yak? I'll stick with my silent night, thank you. Yeah, I mean, £70,000. I I said to the producer, I said, I'd rather have the money. Give us the money. I'll go and spend it on something more worthwhile. Go to Vegas, says Mike. Life's too short. Life is for living. I agree. And uh, another one here, uh, Dan in Bridgenorth. Is Bridgenorth Welsh Wales? I think it is. I think it is. He says, hoping to get through before you sign off. I'm out uh, at 6.30, so today I get the last 30 minutes of your show before listening on the app to the first hour, so on my way to work. I would normally miss you, but thanks to Mr M... Vlogging the global app, I subscribe to your show, which downloads automatically. So I start your 4am show at 7. <laughs> Listen, at least you start it. At least you start it, Dan, in Bridgenorth. Uh, still to come, oh, the family from hell. The family feud that's been running for 16 years turned into punch-up. Women fighting. You can imagine what sort of families they are, can't you? Not so good. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Very interesting. After Donald Trump sent his prayers and condolences to the families of the victims of the terrible Florida shooting, most of the kids wrote back and said, we don't want your prayers, thank you very much indeed. What we want is gun control, preventing it from happening again. You know, what, I mean, what, what a crass line. Oh, we're praying for you. Bit bloody late, isn't it? Bit bloody late. They're dead. 
They're in mortuaries at the moment, 17 of them. So young, some of them. You know, 16, 17-year-olds and some teachers and uh, people who looked after them and things. Absolutely dreadful. And then this bloke standing up in court. Like, you know, he just had a McDonald's. Oh, sorry, he had just had a McDonald's and just went out killing people. So they don't want Trump's prayers, thank you very much indeed. They don't want anything at all. Nick Ferrari with you at 7 o'clock this morning. And Donald Trump will meet US state governors to improve school security and address mental health needs. Why don't they just stop people buying guns? Was the president wrong not to mention guns in his speech following this latest tragedy? It's never-ending, isn't it, really? Campaigners say children are at risk of becoming ignorant without strong religious teachers and religious education. Why might that be the case? Plus, survivors of last summer's awful fire have displayed three billboards outside Grenfell Tower, inspired by the Hollywood blockbuster Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Nick will speak to the woman who organised the protest about no-one having been arrested for it eight months on... All of that and more with Nick Ferrari for breakfast this morning from seven here on LBC. I mean, what else are they supposed to do? Nobody. You don't think anybody's going to be charged over Grenfell, do you? I mean, surely we'd have to be incredibly naive. What, for one person to be charged or a whole... We haven't even had the inquiry yet. We're nowhere near it. This is eight months on. We move so slowly. We're like snails. I don't see anybody being charged over this. I don't see anybody being charged and them sort of saying, right, well, you're the one we're going to put it. It's not going to happen. I'd be very, very surprised. Anyway, I did tell, I would tell you about a feuding family. I always worry about feuding families because they're obviously those sort of people. And this is a mum and daughter, OK, who broke another woman's arm in a brawl outside the Portaloos at a tribute act festival. Amanda Penberthy, 52, and Jade set upon Rebecca Johnson, calling her a fat cow and goofy. Oh, my goodness sake, I must say. A court heard that Jade, 25 and ugly smashed a cider can into Miss Johnson's face before bouncers stepped in at Glastonbury. But the fracas exploded in a scuffle involving their families who'd been feuding for 16 years. Miss Johnson broke her wrist falling to the floor where receptionist Amanda straddled her, punching her head. The Penberthys of Barry claimed self-defence but were convicted of assault. Vile old bags, aren't they? What will they get? What will they get? Let's hope prison. Let's hope prison. Uh, right. Uh, more of your uh, texts and emails. 84850, uk. And uh, Richard says, in March 96, a man walked into Dunblane and shot dead 16 children. In response, the British government introduced the firearms amendment and banned all cartridge ammunition handguns. There have been no school shootings in the UK since. And then Ben goes, shooting nothing to do with Trump. Are you mad? You, you know, I mean, he, he, he could have banned guns. You don't, they're not interested in prayers. They don't want prayers. They don't want any of those sort of excuses. What they want is the sale of guns stopped immediately because that's what they're doing. So he's going to have a meeting with school governors to discuss school security. School security wouldn't have stopped this happening. That wouldn't have happened. I mean, most, most of these schools operate some sort of security going in there. I mean, the, you know, the pro-gun NRA, I think donated nearly $10 million to Trump. Hello? Open your ears. Open your ears. That's why they haven't banned guns in America. you got $10 million. Why don't we just give them to everybody, Ben, eh? Let's have a free-for-all out on the streets. Uh, Dave says, uh, do you keep all your guest signatures in a book? I don't think so, no. no. We used to years ago. We used to, but then, um, no, they have to sign in when they're coming downstairs, but we don't do a, an in-conversation but I don't have an autograph book, no. Oh, heavens above, I got, I got beyond that. 
ages and ages ago. Perhaps I should reintroduce it, actually. It could be one of those reintroduction things. Uh, apparently, uh, says Declan, I have an ear condition caught on a telephone. My wife says it's called selective hearing. Some of my friends say their wives have told them they have it too. Thank you. It's almost a joke, isn't it? But you, you, you can pick up ear infections. If somebody's got an ear infection, it could be transferred via a telephone. I knew somebody, every time I used the telephone, I used to wipe it out inside. Because in the old days, when you unscrewed them, they were filthy dirty inside. And probably in your mobile phone, it could be exactly the same. But as I say, the apertures are so small. Uh, the apertures are so small, it doesn't, it doesn't sort of make any difference. And headphones here. Let's have a quick look. No, they've got foam in and stuff like that. But uh, we used to have somebody coming around. They, they were called phone tass. And they would clean telephones. I don't know. Steve worked in uh, Stevenage yesterday. Now I know where they get the families for the Jeremy Kyle show. No, they don't. They get them from, excuse me, they get them from Staines. Staines is the holding pen for the Jeremy Kyle show. Stevenage. Don't go trying to lump Stevenage into this kind of thing. Ridiculous. And Basingstoke as well. Andover's very popular. Andover, good heavens above them. And you can't move for people there just walking down the streets. Uh, Steve, I've been cleaning out some of my kitchen cupboards whilst listening to you and found products going back to the use-by date of 2012. Yes, I know. Anyway, I was thinking how great it would be if four in a bed, they were allowed to rummage through the kitchen. Some of the things served at breakfast look truly dodgy. And Tara says, your show makes the mornings worth getting up for and doing, doing things for. I hope my mother isn't listening. Oh, dear. Might be. She might be. You never know. Mothers listen at peculiar times to the radio, don't they? So thank you very much indeed, Tara. Uh, the Barry Bunnell story goes on. More victims of, uh, you know, of young children. I mean, he just it just appears that he was free to operate just about wherever he was. Uh, also, drivers called, wait for it, I'm sorry to say this, I don't want to ruin anybody's day, David and Sarah, or Sarah, are the most likely to have a crash. Apparently, they've sort of gone through the computers and they've discovered that uh, you'll most probably be 32 and at the wheel of a Ford Fiesta on the streets of the West Yorkshire town of Halifax. So, the men most likely to crash. At number five, you're called James. Next one up is Michael. Paul, John and David. Uh, the women most likely to crash are called Lisa, Rebecca, Susan, Emma and Sarah. What a load of old rubbish. What a load of old rubbish. They're really making it. So if I have a crash today, I go, excuse me, I'm called Steve. I'm not on the list. I shouldn't be having this this accident. Makes it much better, doesn't it? Uh, Grandad and glad lads bag man bags. Although, actually, I knew there was a story I was going to tell you because I thought it was so bizarre. It's a craze that is doing the rounds in schools. It's a craze. And the only reason I, I saw it, because I remember thinking, well, that's a weird one. This is... I've never even heard of this before. You might have heard of it. This boy is left fighting for his life after swallowing four magnetic ball bearings which tore, tore a hole through his bowel. Freddie Webster had to have major surgery after accidentally gulping down the balls. What do you mean, accidentally gulping down the balls? Surgeons removed four inches of bowel to get the bearings out and he had to spend a week in hospital. His mum says the image... The surgeon said the extent of the damage was unbelievable. He said he was very poorly, it was awful, and I was absolutely beside myself. As a mum, it was horrible. I can't believe magnets would cause so much damage. What, are you mad or something? Of course magnets cause damage. And you, Freddie had been holding two of these strong magnetic 
balls in his mouth and one on his cheek to mimic a piercing. So in other words, you stick something on the outside, but in, inside your mouth you've got the ball bearing. Well, if it falls off, you automatically swallow the thing. I've never heard of anything so daft in my entire life. One thing you don't do is put things like that in your mouth. It's the fourth case that they've seen since October. All boys aged around 12. If your kids have got mar- um, magnetic marble-type things, throw them away. Throw them away. Uh, read the insurance story, so basically the most common names then. I don't know. I don't think Sarah's a very common name. I don't think Dave's a common name, is it? Is it? Well, well, there you go. Steve, says Paddy, you don't know how close to the truth you are. This place is Chav Central. <laughs> I'd be very happy, says Martin in Cheshire. Well, I suppose you would be. Uh, if one day you do an in-conversation with Kylie, we'd love to hear you getting the goss from the infamously private Minogue. Are you serious? Infamously? That's like saying the Beckhams are shy of retiring. Absolutely not. Uh, Rob says the gun market in America is worth billions, but they do need to put rules on who can buy them. Well, they have rules. And Trump Trump then relaxed them. <laughs> Not difficult, is it? Steve, did you know that the Amazon Alexa... Hello, Alexa. Played... Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, that the American Alexa now has an official LBC skill. Once enabled, all you have to do is say, Alexa, LBC. And apparently it plays automatically. I would think, actually, Alexa would be so intelligent that Alexa would be playing LBC. Also, you can get the news from LBC. Yes, I'm so sorry to everybody who's, who's got an Alexa. Thank you, Alexa. Play something festive for Christmas. <laughs> also amuses me when I do that. People then write it and go, I can't believe you've just done that. My Alexa has now bounced into life. Uh, still to come, the story that they were all running yesterday, but the Mail have done it today. Corbyn's meetings with Soviet spy expelled by Thatcher. Uh, also, Princess Diana, all these years after her uh, her death, her secret gift to a dying cancer patient. As I say, every time they sort of liken Meghan Markle to Diana, I go, no, no, no. OK, and we'll have a look at the, uh, the front pages because Manchester City, we're now told, according to The Guardian, ignored warnings and kept serial abuser in the youth team set up. So uh, this is this is one of the clubs most seriously implicated in the Barry Bunnell sexual abuse scandal. They've been accused of putting hundreds of boys in danger after it emerged. They were warned by one of their coaches in the late 70s that it was general knowledge. He was a risk to children. They didn't do anything about it. I mean, it's a bit tricky, really, because, let's face it, everybody there is now gone. You know, this is this is way back in the 70s. Bennell has got another 86 uh, former footballers... Um, I mean, it's not the case at Crew Alexandra, though, is it? But it is. I mean, it's absolutely dreadful. So, um, so he's 64. So he's now been convicted of 50 counts of abuse. 50. And there's more to come. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Eight minutes to seven. I know you've got to go. To... I keep hearing noises in my ear at the moment. I don't know what it is, actually. I thought originally it was my stomach, but then I decided it wasn't. Uh, Paddy says, has the LBC newsreader got a cold? He's, he, well, we think he might have, actually. We think he might have. He's not, he's not sounded too good. We're all, we're all blaming James O'Brien today because he was the one who, because he's not here today. He was here yesterday, but he shouldn't have been because he was, he was not fully recovered. He's had an operation and, and then he developed this cough. And I said to him yesterday, I said, I've had that cough before. I know what it's like. It's, it's where you start talking, then all of a sudden you have to cough. And it took me seven days 
He's, um, he's, this is his second day. No, he had a few days off for the operation, I think. He's a bit like me. We sort, of, we, we sort of become a little bit ill, and then we immediately try and get ourselves back to work as quickly as possible. Uh, Steve says, Holly, I had a great aunt, who in those days, an old-fashioned telephone with a little cupped piece around the mouth, so it helped receive uh, the sound, I suppose. Unfortunately, because she chatted on the phone for hours to friends with cups of tea and biscuits, it was full of biscuit crumbs. Yes, I mean, yeah, when, when you look back at the telephones, my mother used to have a chair in the hallway. The hallway was always cold, wasn't it? There was never a radiator in the hallway for some reason, if indeed you were lucky enough to have central heating. And my mum would sit on the chair chatting away to people. And I always remember, isn't it funny, after all these years, I can remember our telephone number. You know, it just rolled, I can remember certain car registrations numbers, <laughs> which is... Uh, which is even more bizarre than you think it is. Front pages of the papers. The Guardian, Manchester City ignored warnings and kept serial abuser in the youth team setup. That's why there's so many people coming out. The Florida school gunman who's been charged. I mean, he's, he's mad. I don't know what else you can say for somebody like that. I don't know what you do with him. He's only uh, 19. This is Nicholas Cruz. And he just killed people. 17 people, 17 young people lost their lives. It's a tragic waste, but uh, it's down to the American gun laws. That's all it comes down to. It's not down to anything else at all. Uh, the Daily Express, May's victory over Brussels bullies. Corbyn's links to the communist spy, which, which ran in a few papers yesterday. Yoghurt stops heart attacks. I'm a big fan of yoghurt. So I'm liking the idea that you could go out and fruit yoghurt. I mean, I didn't realise, actually, the other... Well, I realised a few few years ago. But at one time, there was only a couple of yoghurts, like ski and things like that. And it was in a little sort of... Now, there is a bewildering array of yoghurt out there. And I don't know which ones are good. Is Greek yoghurt good for me? Is it the fruit corner? Is that a better one? Is it sort of low-fat? You know, they all got sugar? I don't know. All I know is it's Friday. And I'm loving Friday. I'm going I'm to go, go mad today and have something really, really unhealthy. But I can't think what it is. It'll be, I always get guilt. So if I go out and buy a loaf of bread and I have some, some toast, uh, I get guilty after three slices and I have to throw it away. It's not so good. Daily Mail, front page. End of home-owning dream. Because 20 years ago, two-thirds of the average earners aged up to 34 could afford their own house. Well, I say afford their own house when I bought my first place it was with help from my parents because my parents had helped my brother out so they then I didn't even think about it but they helped me you know with legal fees and, and bits and pieces just to get us on the property ladder because once in London you're on the property ladder then you can move up because our property prices go up quite quite a lot when I first bought my place you could buy a place then for 70,000 pounds Seventy. I mean, seriously, I don't know what part of the country you'd have to be in. Oh, there was a road, wasn't there? Was it in Sheffield? The whole road was a pound. Must have a word with Ollie about that, because he, he probably knows people who live there. But it's, it's a whole road, and they were selling the houses off for a pound. I thought, good Lord above, I mean, in London you can't buy anything. Was it Liverpool? Oh, I'm so sorry. I've sort of, sort of put Ollie into a, into a cheaper category at the moment. But uh, no, I always like, he always tells me stories of uh, Sheffield. Always reminds me why I never want to go there. Uh, the Daily Telegraph on the front page. Uh, culture on Friday, Francis O'Connor said, I said no to Harvey Weinstein. Kerry Mulligan returns to the London stage. And um, middle class millennials priced out of housing. Young professionals, half as likely to be homeowners as they were 20 years ago. It was easier. Even if they give you four times your salary, it still doesn't help, does it? It really doesn't help. The Times, they're doing the bricks and mortar, the great renting revolution. Shampoo as bad a health risk as car fumes. Thousands of prisoners getting out of jail early. And Nicholas Cruz appeared in court with the killing of 17 people. He couldn't give a forex. He really couldn't. Daily Star, what the truck? No job because I'm a Brit. 
Lorry driver told firm only hires migrants. They've had to issue a public apology. Never heard anything like it. A bit like Lou Swimmin apologising yesterday for some, some crass comments. The apprentice winner's firm hires stripper to treat executives. Paddy's wife kicks him out. And there's a picture, well, at least for now. I mean, quite clearly she's not going to kick him out, is she? I mean, let's make a prediction, shall we? It'll all go back to Norton. He'll go, I really do love you. I just had a few drinks and that was it. Uh, the Daily Mirror, police twice asked Gary Speed if he was sex abuse victim. And Colleen, woman has baby. But that's all woman does do. She doesn't actually do a job. She just has children, which is fine. Uh, just about it for this morning, actually. We've got the weekend ahead of us. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I hope you join me tomorrow morning between five and seven for the best of Steve Allen for this week. We take it all and it's a cornucopia, a potpourri, which the um, producer has lovingly crafted. I think that's what he told me to say. And, uh, and also in conversation. And then I'm back Sunday morning as well. We'll celebrate Chinese New Year. And uh, we'll go through the Sunday papers and just see what the heck's going on in this mad world of ours. Because it is mad. Wrap up warm. If it's going to be wet, it doesn't matter. It's only a little bit of, little bit of cold. And Daryl says, I used to hate the public telephone boxes. The receivers used to be filthy. Used to use two fingers to pick it up. Actually, we used to unscrew the bottom of the thing and then wipe round it. God, you're right. It was absolutely filthy. Thank you for your time and your company. We'll do it again next week if you can't be with me over the weekend, and I hope you can be. Make sure you download the LBC app, as well as listening to LBC wherever you are. You now know you can listen back to this and all of our other programmes from the last week for free on the catch-up feature. And you can do that to get my free podcast as well. On my little bit extra today, I'll reveal why the latest Rooney child has got such an absurd name. You'll find out which bankrupt wants a kid so his partner, who he doesn't live with, can fund. And I'll tell you who turned up for the premiere of the new film I, Tonya, alongside the star Margot Robbie. I'm afraid you'll be a little bit disappointed when you hear some of the lists. Download the LBC app for iPhone or Android. Tap on catch-up. Coming up at 10, in for James O'Brien, who's not well. We wish him better. It's Majid Nawaz. But next, with breakfast, for a Friday, Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am. 